2: headphones on we're doing a campfire chat things are rolling Uh, if you're new to the podcast I have got my headphones on but we do these campfire chats Vince grab the fire grab the marshmallows and uh, we're just chatting we're talking talking shit we're just talking everything to do with anything we've put a question up in the Facebook group we're going to answer your questions why
0: every time I think you've broken it.
2: No, How many good. episodes do you reckon you've done? Of podcasting? Yeah. Oh, well over 600, probably.
0: Still struggling with the headphones? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, um, yeah, welcome. Uh, we've got some special guests around the campfire today. Um, in fact, Nathan, I want you to roll their music. Can you send us your music for this episode? Yes. Yes. All right. Can you do your intro that you do, but do it about us and my millennial money? Do you know how you say that line? Welcome to
3: another
2: episode of Equity yeah. Mates. Yeah. Yeah. So can you do that now, please? Equity Mates. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is What well, I learned at 20 is you. Equity
3: Welcome to another episode of Equity Man.
2: My, my Millennial Money. <laughs> We're here with Glenn James. Welcome to another episode of My Millennial Money. <laughs> <laughs> say your line that you say. Um, this is not uh, financial no, no, advice. No, no. <laughs> That's rubbish. The investing... Li- yeah, yeah, say all that. That's what we want. So it's, from um, the top. Welcome to another episode of
3: My Millennial Money, a podcast that follows our journey of investing, whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status. Our aim is to help you from beginning to dividend.
2: Awesome. Well, if you are new to the podcast, um, you've heard from Bryce. Yep. He hosts a podcast with Alec or Ren. Yep. Uh, called Equity Mates, and we are gathered around the campfire of life. And- Sherpa. Life Sherpa. <laughs> and we're joined by Vince Scully. Now, we've got a lot to cover today, and we'll go anywhere. Is there anything that's like – I'll go Ren first. Anything in investing land that has just been top of mind that you've, you've been thinking about lately?
0: So Bryce and I are both – taking the very first steps on our property buying journey, um, which is new for us. Mm. Um, and we've spoken to – we're not doing it together. I know it makes it sound like we're yeah. doing it together. We are doing this we separately. We just got back from Europe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is there something you haven't told us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's very exciting and – Is this a, a home or investment property? Home. Home. We have spoken to a few people on the podcast about uh, rent vesting and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that. Um, But I think this is not, well, I mean, you can speak for yourself. I'm not going to speak for you. But so you're
2: both buying homes to live in, happen to be at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But
0: you're not the (laughs) conversation. No.
2: But the conversations we
3: have, um, I mean, given the environment that we're in and a lot of people find it difficult to buy, we're having conversations with experts around the rent vest piece. Like you don't have to buy in the middle of Sydney. Mm. If you can afford to service a loan, you know, there might be other opportunities. And so when we have those conversations, I always feel I finish and I'm just like, ah, sh- should just be buying an
4: investment property yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, just and, keep putting money away. Oh, and that's, other than course, the fact that the mask doesn't work out very well.
0: Oh, please explain.
4: Do we have time? I've got all (laughs) night. There there are two serious flaws with the whole rent-vesting marketing dream, which, by the way, it's a trademark of LJ Hooker. Oh, really? Rent-vesting, yes. Uh, And was obviously trademarked for a reason, so they could flog property. Um, But there's two flaws with the rent-vesting argument, neither of which are arguments why no one should do it, so not anti-property, so don't... Don't comment in the comments section. And the first one is that the buy where you can afford, live where you want to live argument is actually an argument for spending more of your income on real estate. Because if you say that typically rental yields in Sydney, that is rent as a percentage, of purchase price is 3 to 4% and it would cost you maybe 7 or 8 by the time you put some principal repayments in to buy... By renting, or spending the full amount of your budget on renting, you're now actually living in more property than you should be. So it's an excuse to crank up how much of your lifetime income you spend on property. That's probably the, the behavioral one that's the real problem.
2: Wait, wait. So you're saying you may spend more on rent? Yeah. So if you can afford $500 a week,
4: say, hmm. that will rent you a property that's worth- Six or seven hundred thousand dollars. Yes, but you couldn't afford to buy a six or seven hundred thousand dollar property for five hundred dollars a week. No. So by renting a property for five hundred, you're actually living in a property that you couldn't afford to buy, and so you've actually spent more of your income on. Yeah, but if it's a conscious lifestyle choice. Sorry, no. Yeah, no, that's what I the... said. We're talking about maths here, not lifestyle. But what you are in effect doing, because rent rises at inflation. Plus one generally.
3: Well, I just had a twenty five percent increase. Yeah, I was so, going to say, <laughs> not sure
4: where those inflation numbers are. Well, they're actually the numbers over about a hundred years. Okay, yeah, couple. when <laughs> when Vince walked off the arc, that was <laughs> yeah. when. <laughs> yeah, me, me, and my fellow hippo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one is that you're obviously foregoing all of your first home buyer benefits. You're f- going to pay ga- tax on the gain, and if you spend in rent, what you earn in rent, you're net behind. So for both of those reasons, over enough time, you'll always be worse off, worse off rent vesting.
2: I reckon I'm in front by rent vesting. In front of what? Whatever. Like in terms of cash flow. Oh, certainly you will be in terms of cash flow. Hmm. But in terms
4: of net worth, you almost certainly won't be.
2: I'm just thinking... Have you finished your two points?
4: Oh Well, that was
2: two. The third point yeah, okay. that I didn't...
4: <laughs> about um, Where was I going with the third point?
2: Um, well, while you think, I, I just, like, because I rent vest mm-hmm. and I well, think... Well, sorry, you rent where you live and you own a property.
4: Oh, yes, yeah, so I do isn't, is, isn't, well,
3: yeah. isn't that the concept?
4: It is and it isn't. I mean, that's what people usually describe it. But Are we f- getting into semantics? Well, no, I think <laughs> there is a fundamental difference here. Mm-hmm. So there's... There's three decisions that you're mixing up there. Mm. There is, should I rent or buy? Yes. And the answer to that question is, over a long enough term, as long as you don't move very often, you'll you be would've... better off buying. Absolutely. With the emphasis on that last bit, the don't move too often. The second question is, if I choose to rent, what do I do with the difference between my rent and the cost of that property? And if you can't save the difference, you're probably paying too much in rent.
2: Yes. Now, what I want to say, and it probably, I think we are going to end up on the same lounge. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not moving over to your lounge, but <laughs> I think it is a decision that I want to live here because it's close to work. I can't afford it, all that. I'll do that. And then I want to build wealth Yep. as well, because I need to build wealth. Yep. And the question is, am I investing in shares in my own name? Am I salary sacrificing to super? Yep. Am I borrowing money and buying an investment property to build wealth? Exactly. So that's the, I, second, I dec- that's the and, second decision. Yeah, is, if, I don't like this tripping over into it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um,
4: but the point I guess I was making was that should I rent or buy? Mm. Answer is if you don't know where you're going to live and you're likely to move often, you probably shouldn't be buying. Mm. You should be renting. Then if I am going to rent- what am I doing with the difference between what I'm paying in rent and what I am, what it would cost to buy that property? And if I can't save the difference, I'm probably paying too much in rent. Mm. And then the third question is, well, what do I invest that in? Do I invest in real estate? Do I invest in shares? Do I invest in Bitcoin? And those three decisions, by conflating those into one, should I rent fest? leads you to a flawed decision mm. of tripping over it or falling into it, as you say. Yeah. So, guys. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, where do <where laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I know? Yeah. Well, I think for me,
0: um, the, we, we want to – I guess like the psychological idea of like owning your own home, being able to do what you want to your home and all of that stuff, like the non-financial considerations I think are pretty important for where I am in life. Um, and yeah, I think that's so. I don't think rent vesting is on the table for, for us. Um,
2: so, us, you're buying with your partner. Yes. Okay, and it will be to live in. To live in. Yeah. yeah. What's it like to be able to buy a place in Tamarama? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Go south a fair bit, and that's where we're looking. <laughs> right. Um. We're like Kaiama. Like <laughs> yeah, not that far. Can't afford there either. No, we're looking in uh, Marubra. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. I'm gonna become my brother's keeper and join yeah. the Bra Boys.
2: <laughs> okay, and are we talking apartment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Let's yeah. not get crazy, Glenn.
2: But what's an apartment in Marubra worth? One point five? I've got no idea.
0: No, we're, you can. You're looking around a million.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's doable. Well, for for cause. a dink, for some dinks <laughs> that we, we know of, not dink wads. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what dink With a a dog.
2: Yeah. Double income, no kids with a dog. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Haven't
0: got the dog yet. Yeah. It's been a topic of discussion, Mm -hmm. but it's tough in an apartment. Like, Mm. yeah.
2: And where are you looking at um, buying a property to live or to invest in? In Inner West. Yeah.
3: um, I mean, yeah, and we're in Darlinghurst at the moment. Yeah. We
2: would love that, but. See you later. You're not a CEO or a politician? No. He is
0: actually a CEO, <laughs> oh, but he's <laughs> not, not quite the caliber of company that we need. <laughs> yeah, can you but, do something about that? Yeah.
3: <laughs> but our, our dilemma is also the trading dilemma and and like, you know, being realistic about what is going to happen from within life in the next five plus years and and how far you can stretch yourself now comfortably so you don't have to trade out. And pay the Stim eighty grand in stamp yep. duty every time. So what you need um, is a good
4: dose of inflation for five years, that would solve <laughs> that problem for you after you buy. Yeah, well, so that wages grow up, and so just
3: debt's and deflated. Down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so I don't know. I always just come back to your point, Glenn, which is we love our lifestyle where we are. Mm. We can, between the two of us, my wife and I, can afford to service a decent loan, but. Um, and I'm all about building wealth. I don't necessarily have the same sort of level of emotional attachment to having, living in where I buy, if that
2: makes sense. Like I'm not this, like I need the comfort over my head. I do because I don't like dealing with real estate agents and people who own the property just hate it. Mm. Like, And for me, to Vince's point, I'll pay $1,000 a month or whatever extra. <laughs> to just live in it, then. to not put up with that drama. It's like the light's broken and it's taken six months to fix.
4: Like, yeah. But if you're going to rent, you, you should rent from someone who's a retiree because they depended on their income mm. and they ain't going to be selling it any
2: time soon. I mean, that's cute to save it in this climate. It's hard when there's 40 people standing out the front.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You just want to just get a roof over your head. But that, yeah. Like, I don't know. So this will be the first
2: real property each of you have purchased either as an investment or as a home. First property hands down. Mm. Yeah. So... Yeah, cuz I think in terms of investment, I'm done with property. Like I just must be nice. How many <laughs> how many properties do you own? It is hard work. <laughs> <laughs> you you
0: know <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm
2: just giving them the number on the hands, everyone, because it's personal. Um, I lost track of the number of hands. <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the problem? Am I the patriarchy? <laughs> so Patriarch- who's that
4: guy who wrote that book? Three hundred properties in ten minutes. Three hundred yeah, yeah, properties. Right. Yeah, yeah, five minutes. Yeah. You're
0: writing a sequel to that book, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but you are currently renting. Yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So where I rent at the moment, it's a thousand dollars a week. And if I was to buy there with a deposit and a mortgage. It's double. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. two grand. And I'm like mm. – and this is – it's so funny. Everything we talk – did you guys – and I'll do you a favor. Did you talk about the psychology about money in your new book, Don't Stress, Just Invest? A little bit, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Thanks. All right. Thanks for coming today, guys. <laughs> um, no, but the psychology the check now. Yeah. <laughs> the psychology of it, it is – it's interesting. Like, I don't know what my point was going to be, but I – what, what was I saying? You're saying you pay a thousand bucks. Yeah, and, and, it's, and yeah, it's that's that's right. Yeah. So, I don't know if this is the psychology part. The facts say that yes, you can afford it with anything, whether it's a nice pair of shoes, whether it's a car, whether it's a property or rent. But then it's the psychology of it. Like, oh, I actually don't want to spend eight grand a month on a mortgage, even though I might this sounds really privileged and sure, just noting that. but And everyone goes through this type of thing in their own world that is relevant to them. Like I just can't bring – and like I can't bring myself to spend over like 45 grand on a car. Mm-hmm. Like I just – there's something about that. But the, the key behavioural
4: point though is mm. what are you doing with the difference between the 1,000 and two and the it. 2,000? Yeah, yeah. And the problem is, most people don't actually have the discipline to do that week in, week out for 40 years. In, and that's why home ownership leads to, is heavily correlated to building wealth. But are right, your yeah, in, investment properties positively
2: geared? Um, I think yes. Cool.
0: Great. <laughs> no, I'm right. just thinking. I'm just thinking.
2: Because <laughs> that, that's where Two some of them. the difference goes. Yeah. Right? So the net wash up of everything, it's, it is on balance, the portfolio itself wipes its face, right? Hmm. Which will do if you wait long enough. Yeah, and that's it. Like yeah, some yeah. of the properties there, they've got really, really low LVRs. Mm. And that's what I mean. Like I'm done with, and I don't want this to be about me, but just some insight. Like there's more, like there's more than enough equity in the portfolio, and with my income, I could go and get and gear up and get you know all these other properties. I can't be bothered. I mean, I'll be fine.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like where you're at is a really nice place, and I feel like that's probably where we want to get to, where there's like enough equity there that like you've got options and mm-hmm. you've got a base that you can go and do things with. Mm. Yeah.
2: But I, th- I think the only one that I will buy next will actually be a house to live in. However, I will save up a really decent sized deposit.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So. So anyway, it's exciting. It's a whole new world that we're learning about, you know, like offset, redraw, all this stuff, different mortgage brokers, the yeah. fact that they all just want to lend you way too much money. <laughs> they don't give a shit about if you can service it or not. They're just like, how much can we lend you? Like, yeah. it's Wild West out there. It's capitalism, yeah. baby. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but the worst part is Saturday morning.
0: Oh. I know, oh. I know.
3: We were, I was saying this the other day on, on Monday. We're, we're now at the point where I think we've seen enough. We've been looking since kind of January. Mind you, we've had a couple of overseas trips, so it hasn't been consistent. <laughs> Jason, um, you're living a hey, good If well you right stop frigging travelling, you can live where you want. So yeah. For some reason, we don't have a deposit. It's weird. Anyway. Um,
0: no, no. Your wife won a game show. That's and that's true. why you have a deposit. <laughs> oh, what one was that?
2: Part Who wants to be patronised by a millionaire? <laughs> millionaire's hot seat, yeah. What, you get 50, 20? 50, yeah. 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 I haven't seen more than 50 Go. Yeah, yeah, it's um the av- the average is twenty. Yeah, yeah. Because I watched the last like three minutes of it before Channel Nine News. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but
3: we're at the point now where you just by looking at the floor plan and bits and pieces, you just rule it out because it, yeah. it it used to be an exciting thing. Oh, this is fun. Go check it out. Why don't you guys get a no, was, buyer's advocate. This is the question I wanted to ask. We were, I was speaking to someone yesterday. Um, works at a bank. I also have a mate who's um, just got a buyer's agent. Mm. The bank was also saying they're seeing more and more of their clients using buyer's agents. Um, the buyer's agent for my mate, though, bumped into him on Saturday. 14 properties lined up that day.
5: <laughs> oh, my <laughs> god! just
3: like, isn't the point of the buyer's agent so you don't have to go? And yeah. they, they figure it out. But I, I don't know. I haven't looked into it enough, A, B... I guess it's just A. Haven't looked into it enough. Oh yeah,
2: that's right. I
5: think the key
2: the key to <laughs> it Let me I'll introduce you to Pidge because he does heaps in the inner west for all the AFL plays that he buys for. Yeah, and not so, in their budget, I don't think, but No, well you'd be surprised. There's some yeah, there's I mean, some, there's either some very low paid AFL players or very high paid podcasts, <laughs> but you might be surprised.
0: Sorry, but I think is, I think is his model then uh like, you don't see the property. Like, give me what you want and I'll find it for you. Well, and that's do what most work. of them do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, he
2: actually has a blended model where, I don't know, I don't want to sit here and sell his crap because he can do that himself. But I think he's got a model where it's like you can bounce different strategy off him more from an investment point of view. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway. I that's can, cool. And yeah, yeah, is yeah, it pay, thing yeah. pay yeah. on success? Get, get, getting your
4: brief yeah. right. Like, are you actually clear about what you want enough to be able to tell someone else to go find one of those. That I, th- I think two, I think two
0: that's, bedrooms, a car park, ten minute walk to the bus stop to get me into the city, uh, ten to fifteen minutes from the beach. That's my brief. Give me a map Pidge, and a highlighter. Find, I'll sort <laughs> you. Find me a house. Yeah. Get on it,
2: Pidge. Your dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway,
3: I think that for us though, the that changes. I think as time goes on, like nice. as interest rates go up and. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, then it goes twenty you minutes, you minutes from the beach. 30, Thirty minutes, minutes from
0: <laughs> the beach. <page. laughs> <you're just> like <laughs> interest
4: rates get back to normal.
2: Yeah, well, what's normal? Like?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, we're getting close. Okay,
4: here's yeah.
2: a here's a challenge for you, young man. and pointing at Rand. Yeah. Like, you guys run a remote business, quote unquote. Why wouldn't you move to? Newcastle, or something or well. I mean, so, you have got a partner that.
0: So my my partner's yeah. from Forbes, and she. Yeah. Would I mean, be, not that far. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I mean, remote's remote, remote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think she would be keen to get out of Sydney, and I, mm. th- I have a, like a real desire to get out of Sydney at some point as well. Um, just so people stop thinking that Bryce and I do everything together. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also want to get off out of his Sydney. lap. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's like a timing thing. You know where yeah. we are. Uh, in the business with Equity Mates, we've got an office and we've got the team in the office and we're trying to like, build a culture and all of that stuff. And I know you you build a culture remotely. Absolutely. Um, but Bryce isn't as good a CEO as you. So, you know, we work with what we got. Um, but I think we love the, like, doing it together in the same place. And yeah, yeah. We did a couple of years of COVID where it was, you know, everyone was at their own house and it was fine, but it was fine. Um, so I think right now where we're at, we want to be in Sydney. But I think long-term, mm. I'd love to be somewhere else. So then
2: why wouldn't you both go, hey, baby, what are you doing with the to, rest of your to life? To
0: Bryce or to yeah. my partner? Either.
2: <laughs> like, and go, oh, yeah, longer term, let's – I'll just use Newcastle as an example because you were just there on the weekend. I oh,
0: was. Well, go the nights. Um
2: yeah, the other nights. What up? Um, and we are recording this on – what's the date today? The 12th? 12th of September. 12th of September. So this is up on the 3rd of October. Um, okay. So – they may have crashed out yeah. by then. Just, or you,
0: you may be celebrating somewhere.
2: <laughs> maybe. Um, have you taken to supporting the Knights now, no, now that you've moved God to no. Newcastle? Someone on Facebook the other day, they're like, what are you doing on Facebook? Go and support the blue and white or whatever. I'm like, what? And apparently <laughs> they were playing in the semifinals down the road. Um, yeah, but what was, I'm saying is... It was an epic game. Yeah. Can you do a longer term strategy and say, longer term, we would like to get out. Let's go and buy a shack and try and steal it.
0: Well, so that, that is – like for us, this is a startup, build some equity, start paying off a mortgage, um, keep investing as But are well. you going
2: to – and the question every property guru would say to you over the next five years, will you get the equity built up in an apartment or a freehold shack in a region that you might want to live in long term? I don't know the answer to that, but it's a question.
0: It is a good question. Where's, where's Pidge when you need yeah, it? far out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, for, for us, one one thing that's been interesting is having someone to ask these questions, and like, right. I don't have a financial advisor. Um, mortgage brokers are great, but like, I feel there's an element of just like, Self- transactional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> well, um, this, like, I, I want my mortgage
2: broker to just give me the money, like, you know well, yeah, That's problem. the yeah, whole yeah.
4: problem with the whole mortgage industry. Yeah. You're not a property professional. I love you, but... The bank doesn't really want to know the truth. They want to know enough to make sure they're not going to lose too much money. Mm. Your broker just wants to get the deal done and the consumer just wants to buy the house. Yeah. So no one is interested in telling the full truth in that story.
0: Yeah. Well, but- I mean, who, you know, when you, you're you speaking to clients of Life Sherpa or just, you know, people mm. around around the traps, like, what's your advice? Like, if Bryce and I were chatting to you, who would you say to speak to? I've um,
4: always spent a lot of time working through what the right budget is and obviously with rates going back to normal, that's becoming a tougher decision than it was two years ago. But it's also why we don't have a truckload of people panicking when their 1.89% fixed for three-year rate expires very mm. soon. And doubles. Um, and doubles <laughs> All or triples. Them. Yeah, um, yeah but at least it's not 13%, blah, 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 Okay, blah. dad, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it did go with 17% inflation, which was sort of useful.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, so that's really the big thing. It's about, you know, trying to get to what do I actually want and how much of my income do I really want to spend on this and what am I prepared to say no to to get it. Mm.
0: And then you start the actual process and very quickly your price goes up and what you want yeah. goes down. But that's kind of everything. <laughs> well, that's life. Yeah, that's right. It's but like it's, buying
2: a car. <laughs> it's also almost fraught as well. If And I, I agree, we want to not spend all our money on a home or mortgage, but the trap is going, okay, we can afford 500000 as a mortgage, yep. for example. Oh, we can't buy here and we get the heebie-jeebies and just, oh, we just need to buy a house and get into the market yeah. and you then spend the 500k on the wrong asset yep mm-hmm. uh, and that's why i really think we should have a break and pay for this uh <laughs> and <'cause> I, i've <laughs> got I a, a segue I, uh, <laughs> and we're going to come back because i want to continue
1: this discussion on interest rates and i've got a question for everyone if you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click Get Help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click Get Help. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care.
2: Okay, we're back. Now, interest rates are stabilizing or normalizing, if you will. Mm -hmm. The question is, and this is kind of my predicament in, well, my thought process, um, if I was going to buy another home and call it home and move into it and all that, do I wait another year for things to really settle and normalize and stabilize? And that's the what would the what would the logic be there? The logic is the cliff has finished. It's
3: um, still well, it's, going. In, it's midway. It's yeah. Still going. Well, it's only, but in a year's quarter. time, sorry. Yeah, in in a, a year's time. time. time
2: yeah, yeah. Years time. The cliff is over. And a lot of the time for things to actually have an impact in the economy, there's a lag. So every interest rate dial it's eighteen months. So that's why it's like, Oh, we've dialed it all right, let's pause the last two rate rises and I think there's probably one today. Um on the 3rd of October today when you're listening to us. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, So my logic is, and one, I'm not ready anyway, uh, but then on the other side with our equity mate, fellas, as interest rates increase, equity prices should also start to normalise and cool off a bit. Perhaps. 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 It's a perhaps I, I reckon what you'll see though in if
3: rates stay where they are, and you're thinking about buying property in 12 months' time, you've got to turn off the news headlines Mm -hmm. because what's going to start to happen is people are going to start feeling much more confident about where rates are going to go and they're going to start really piling back in more so than they currently are. And then all of a sudden headlines are going to be Sydney house prices, Melbourne house prices are starting to go through the roof and then you're going to have this FOMO situation where people are like, oh my God. And then you're going to have mortgage brokers and banks coming out saying
2: rates are going to get cut and then it's just going to perpetuate. But I think, like, <laughs> and all that to say, like, when we're talking about your home to live in to buy, if it is more than five or seven years that you're going to be there, the right time to buy it is when you have the money and you find the right place. Right. Mm. Like, like, buy property. Yeah, not too much when the time is right. Yeah, and when the time is right it's for
4: you. Yeah, and waiting for a year because it might be better in the
2: market as a whole. Is a bit of a fool's game, yeah. Well, I am a fool, and um, <laughs> but I have been in the area that I live. I, I've, I've been researching the because my whole strategy was I am not going to just buy there because I moved to a new area, so I am renting the first year and like oh, I went one more year. I've been watching the property market in my little pocket, and like I just started on Domain app, and it tells you it's like it's seriously big swings at the moment. I had one just yesterday. Oh, this has been reduced from one point six five to one point like four five. So just wow. straight off the top, there is your stamp duty. Like, mm-hmm. so it is cooling down, and I think it's different areas and whatnot. And I am not ready to buy it right now, anyway. So it will be in a year, but or more. But I am just really looking at that, saying I can actually see that it is starting to cool down. Hmm. So anyway, property sucks, so let's move yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk stocks. Yeah, yeah boys. Um, <laughs> Stonks to the moon. Yeah, you can. Anyway, yeah, watch yeah. this space. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Who do whatever knows? you want. Don't yeah. listen and to us. Knows. Are we going to get an invite to the housewarming? Uh, Depends sure. how big the place is. <laughs> okay, <When> I, okay <laughs> get, get this. When, the I the to, when I moved to Newcastle, I, I said to my team, I'm like, let's do a, a live Welcome to Newcastle event at my house.
0: Nice. Where was our invite? Well,
2: no, no. <laughs> My team talked me out of it because sometimes some of you freaks get a bit stalkerish. True, true, true.
0: <laughs> you, don't, you don't want them knowing. We're talking about the listeners, yeah, yeah. are you? Vince would rock. I up. am Vince. <laughs> I really am. I thought you were talking
2: about your guests. Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, but you know, if you drive around Merriweather Heights at night, some nights, if you see the front room that's lit up at five thousand K, which is the light temperature, you'll know which one my house is. <laughs> 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 um, look, we put in the Facebook group questions. We're just chatting today. I'm just answer- I'm just reading this crap. Um, you mean these insightful comments <laughs> yes, from, the, from the, the audience? Actually, here's here's a question. It had a few likes, and it's the it's that old chestnut, isn't chestnut. It? That old- it's Roasted melon. on the said she just she's thrown it out there. Leveraging equity for shares. Oh. So- James. We just talked about leveraging ourselves in profit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Would you ever go the other way? And I don't even know, Vince, but like, remember like, this is showing my age, like 10, 15 years ago, like every bank had an equity product. Like yeah. I Mar- think, I think, M- M- Macquarie Git Equity. Oh, yeah. like, I mean, they sort of work because- um,
4: the cost of protection was much lower. Yeah. Mm. so you Because I did run
2: once and you had the options. They were great. Oh, yeah, I, yeah.
4: I did a great deal on um, NAB and what was the second bank? NAB and Westpac, I think. Mm. And um, it just went off. But um,
0: NAB Builder, NAB Equity Builder, NAB I think Builder. is the only
4: one that's mm. on we've both, left in
3: town.
2: We've both done it.
0: Yeah. NAB Equity Builder. Oh, All right. with, a, with a key caveat, done. I don't know if we would do. Done. but the
2: Well, the interest, have you still got an active facility? No. Right. What, yeah, the, int-
0: the interest rate cl- has – so, like, the logic is, it, you know, shares over the long term, you can expect sort of 8% a year um, and the interest rate was, what, 35 or something? Mm. And so, you know – Like 75 now, is well, it? Well, that's the thing. The, with rates rising, the interest rate on the NAB equity builder has just massively increased. And so, the logic of, um, you know, what you pay in interest compared to your expected long-term returns – doesn't really hold.
4: But 100% equities will be closer to 10 than to 8.
2: With the Frankies?
0: Yeah, and you know, you might find a great strategy that might deliver 12, not 10, if you want to back it in. Given that the ASX
4: ASX has done 6.5% real for 120 years.
0: Yeah, but I I just think, I think, you know, the the higher the interest rate gets, the 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 yeah. more that margin shrinks. the The less I would be willing to and do the it. Less again. Margin for but the
3: interest repayment. The interest repayment is tax deductible as well, though. So, yeah. tax, but the income is but the income taxable. Ta- yeah, yeah. There's tax advantages. Yeah, for us it were, as well, it was at a time where it was like we, you know, we had the capability to service a loan, and it was just mm. like it's not property, but like you want to want to gear up, gear baby. it up, yeah, leverage what you can. Um,
0: and right. and I guess now that we're in a clear all of our debt facilities mode as we try and mm. maximise our borrowing capabilities.
2: Yeah, yeah. There, there's some good internally
0: geared managed funds around.
2: Yeah, but you'd want to do that when the market shats itself.
0: Yeah, like you mean like uh, <laughs> you? Gear and J Gas from beta shares and well, I was thinking like
2: more of the
4: CFS products, but yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, because um, the debt cost is actually quite attractive. Mm. But yeah. you, you are well, we you
2: with your double gearing,
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Draw down on your line of credit and yeah. buy this. This that's is right. not,
2: not financial advice, do not try this at home because that's what I was like. I was only thinking the other day, like, as I said before, I've got a bit of equity. I'm like, mate, mate, <laughs> I'm <laughs> tempted to like have pick a number 500k just sitting there on the sideline. I don't, I don't time the market, guys, yeah. But if it shats itself mm. and drops in one day. Might throw it all in mm-hmm. which is timing the market, but it is uh, and,
4: opportunistic and shatter itself compared to what
2: yeah yeah well, the, the, the like week is, before. Is, is it going to shatter itself even more tomorrow probably <laughs> you can catch a falling knife if you 're a long term holder, but sometimes it bleeds a lot, it does no, no i I just do it weekly, I invest weekly, but i've got very ca- weekly I, very weekly, but i'm because i 'm cash heavy i 've always got powder mm-hmm. if there is mm-hmm. opportunities mm-hmm.
0: yeah. <laughs> Bryce on a podcast last week was telling everyone he's got white powder ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't yeah, realise it was you, dry powder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so I don't know. Like I have toyed with gearing up
2: into equities, but I just hate debt and don't heaps care.
0: Yeah, but, but I but this think what well, Dave this wouldn't is the that. This
2: is the interesting su- psychological thing mm.
3: I find about it is that people will willingly – you know, take out a mortgage up to their eyeballs, mm. and yeah. to the point where it's uncomfortable, and buy a house in the next street as an investment. Mm. But then we'll look at taking a hundred grand in equities, and and
4: just completely think it's on a totally different risk curve. Mm. And yet the and risk it, is actually lower it, it, in an S, an S X two hundred bundle geared fifty fifty has a lower
3: yeah. Volatility. It's diversified. Yeah. It pays you an income from day one. Mm. Yeah, like. There are there are advantages to it, but I think it's just the way that we've the way that our society looks at the two asset classes and the way that debt works in
4: both. Yeah. Like, but of it, course, it's not either or. Like no, this, is, no. this is you porque no los dos, as they yeah, say yeah, on yeah. the t- well. Away. I mean, it, you it, should often, have both.
0: <laughs> often it is either or when you're getting started because if you decide to go the mortgage route. These days, it's most of your you know, servicing capability taken up there. But like the argument for incre- incrementalism mm-hmm. that Bryce was talking about is you can borrow $25,000 to start with and service that mm-hmm. over. And yeah. it's just like you can Get a start position. small and start building wealth incrementally. Not a
3: 30-year commi- commitment yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. So like- a
0: question for you,
2: are you going to both use the first-time super saver scheme and flush money through that?
0: Yeah, so I... Looked at the first time Super Saver scheme and got uh, put off by the admin. And by put off, I mean I couldn't figure it out. And so I'm sure it's not hard, but. It's not. Vince is a professional. You need a
4: good financial advisor.
0: I do. Yeah, why don't you go to Vince? $547 a
4: year. That's what you charge? That's what we charge.
0: Do you have to pay the four grand or whatever for a statement of advice up front?
4: $499.
0: Pretty good, pretty compelling. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I should.
2: Do you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you, it's up to like yeah. six and a bit grand now in yeah. offsets that do, you can save. Do so you, do you so if you're it? allergic to money, yeah, like maybe it's, it's don't or, do it.
0: I, I really like paying the government tax, um, yeah. so I want to do more of it. Do <laughs> <laughs> your
2: noble, yeah. but this, yeah. this is
4: this is really money for filling out a form.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You up got to, to six grand. You
4: got to be patient because you need a few years. But you know, if you're a first-time buyer, you should. There's no reason not to do this. Yeah, yeah.
0: You just okay. got to be but careful you you with can't. the auctions. What do you mean by that?
2: When you go to an auction, you got to have your ducks lined up. You do. You have to, you have, to have your withdrawal ready. Yeah, and you ca- you have to have the document signed before you sign the contract yeah. because once you sign the contract.
0: This is the admin that I was yeah, talking yeah. about. There, there, is,
2: there is a ridiculous amount of. It's so admin. dumb. Why didn't the government just say, we'll give all first home buyers an extra five grand? Yeah.
0: How about that? Oh, they probably will. Yeah. Well, well, I think yeah. the advantage of doing That'll it this
4: way is it's probably
2: less likely to flow straight into
4: house prices. If you actually gave a voucher to everyone who didn't own a house and said, here's five grand, go buy a house, that's going to end up in the hands of vendors real quick, just like the...
2: Because when you do the declaration, it says, have you you ever owned a house before? Now, if you'd signed the contract 10 minutes ago or yesterday, technically it's yes. Uh. (laughs) So it's just those little... (laughs) Yeah, There are a few little traps for young players, Mm. but they're readily
4: manageable and it's... Money for jam.
0: Yeah. All right. We we often speak about uh, that uh, the amount of the gut political incentives to keep house prices high and like how that flows into policy frameworks, first home super savers, first home buyers, like all that stuff. Imagine if people really were aware that they were all share market investors and, like, the majority of your superannuation is in the share market and the political incentives also flowed that way, that the government were, like, realised that their political futures were dependent on keeping the share market ticking higher. Yeah. Well, like, that's, could you th- imagine first share? The first share on like came. Yeah, <laughs> it would <yeah, laughs> <yeah, laughs> just... Because yeah. we, all, we all... More people are uh, share market... Uh, investors than they are property investors but it's just that like we don't think of it in the same <laughs> yeah. way I, so I, I reckon and it, it's
4: not 10 trillion dollars it's more like 3 trillion yeah yeah. I right. reckon it's
2: wild like everyone's like oh I don't believe in this company for ethical reasons like super yeah I'm like you probably own 3% of them in your portfolio <laughs> mm-hmm. and I mean yeah I can be smug and have a joke but this is more like this is why you need to be educated how things work um, actually fun fact I deleted it in the Facebook group, but I was approached. You might have – have you guys done ads with BHP or were you guys approached? Yeah, we have. Did you do the ads? Hell yeah. You are dirty. <laughs> I, I, dirty. You <laughs> are the problem, you people. Oh, my That's gosh. So, so I, I – We use the same agency, everyone. I uh, <laughs> obviously
0: invest in BHP through my super. You. I also own BHP personally. And I, let me make the argument for BHP. They in the last five years have completely pivoted their portfolio from a fossil fuel based uh oil and coal uh and <laughs> with iron ore to now a whole bunch of green metals. Yeah. And the, lots
4: and lots of iron ore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> lots of, which is gonna be important. <laughs> it is. Um but I think, you know, the the perception and I'm not being paid to say this, the perception that we have of BHP um and Rio to an extent, like It's changed and like green metals are going to be critical for the transition that we need to do. And fun fact, most green metals aren't actually green. They're (laughs) mostly white. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Green metals is a great marketing campaign, let's be honest. But like we've got to accept that there are some things that we're not going to love to get where we need to go Mm -hmm. and the classic example of that is lithium. Like don't look at the way that we mine lithium, especially how we get it in South America Mm – um, but it's necessary at the moment for battery technology. Mm. Yeah.
2: Great example of greenwashing there. Love that. I <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> no, no. will send you an invoice. <laughs> no, so
2: basically, they, you know, we got the email like, oh, do you want to do this? And I was just like, oh, I said, oh, maybe let me think about it. And then they, they came back like, oh, you can keen, you can keen. I'm like, look, I, and I said to them, I will do this if I can say at the front of the script that. I used to think all mining was just digging up black gold and burning it. But, you know, we do need – and we do need these metals for your different green things. And then they came back and said, yeah, we could probably approve that script. And And this is more just a personal business thing. Like I love money, like the next person. But I was like, oh, I'm still not 100% sure on this. And then I asked the Facebook group and I think 82% of people were fine with it. Mm-hmm. But – I still was not a hundred percent sure, and I would have wanted maybe closer to ninety five percent okay with it. Mm-hmm. So, I did the humble and noble thing and turned them down. Yeah. You're, better,
0: think- you're a better man than us, Glenn. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, we should say there are advertisers that we do turn down. Right, uh, credit facilities is the one. Yeah. Um, gambling, gambling, yeah. Um, the U.S. Army, so no afterpay. Army.
3: No, uh, no after pay. After pay. No, no yeah, before yeah, yeah. pay, yeah. None, none of them.
0: <laughs> no during yeah, yeah. pay. And, <laughs> and they're, they're, oh, the, ones, pay? they're <laughs> the ones with the big money. Yeah,
2: have you heard of the new system where you get paid, you save up, and then you just buy it with your own money? I think it will take off.
0: That's crazy. You <laughs> <laughs> that <will be laughs> put that on the ASX. <laughs> I might try that.
4: <laughs> but I think if you want to make a difference to these things as a individual, where you spend your money makes far more difference than where you choose to put your super. So by choosing not to buy X, mm. you're sending a much stronger message and a much more short-term message to the
0: yeah, company. But, but I think that's a false choice because to your earlier oh, thing, so I'm not why, saying why, all, why can't we have yeah, both? Yeah, no yeah, los dos. yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to try and do it in Spanish. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, that is true, but, you know, if you if you look at the outcome, why you choosing not to invest in BHP or British American tobacco, the route by which that has an impact is... Really, only the next time they come to raise money, mm-hmm. because all you're doing is buying from someone else. Yeah. So the net impact is eventually to raise their cost of capital, which guess guess what makes it a better investment. So BAT British American Tobacco is actually one of the best performing stocks
0: mm-hmm.
4: around the world of all for time the, for that very reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because everyone's starving of capital, so they've got to pay more. Yeah, so the new investors make more money. Yeah,
0: we had um, we spoke to Professor Kelly Shu, who's a mm-hmm. uh, professor from Yale, who wrote a paper. Um, Talking about that, talking about uh, she doesn't believe that divestment works. Okay. And uh, it was a really interesting interview and the response has been heated in both ways and um, people like really getting up in arms about it and, you know, um, then there are a lot of people that are supporting her as well. Um, her argument was pretty simple, which was that um, divestment uh, crea- and like starving brown companies of capital – uh, Creates a more short-term incentive structure, sweat their current assets rather than investing to okay. um, reform. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hot topic, like yeah, very so
2: hot. I had um, you may have had her on the podcast, Kate Howard. She was yep. at Fidelity, Fidelity, yeah, fantastic. And I want to get her back on. I don't know if she's reappeared anywhere yet, but she was talking about that activist type investing, mm-hmm. where we, you know, Napoleon to conquer, we first must replace, or whatever it is to replace, oh, whatever. The I f- don't know. What's the saying? I'm going to Google that, guys. How, how's your French history? <laughs> Is that
4: the one about shooting a few troops to motivate the other ones? No, no not that one. Napoleon. Oh, that's Bryce's
0: business tactic. <laughs> oh. Oh. That's can called you, management 101. Can you walk
4: me
2: to the car away from him? Um, <laughs> uh, to conquer, you must replace. You must learn how to search. Um, hmm. Great podcast. Pregnant pregnant (laughs) silence. Yeah. Uh
4: oh. Mm. Yeah, whatever. But it is an interesting thing. And most people who walk in outdoor often start with the premise, I want to invest ethically. Yeah. And you have this long and involved goal based discussion about what does ethical mean to you? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, we've got cash for you as as an option.
4: (laughs) (laughs) And and people go, Oh, I don't like fossil fuels. Oh, I don't like tobacco. Um, Oh, arms aren't particularly good. And, um, yeah, maybe mining's not so good. And then you go, well, when we take all those out, you're going to be knee-deep in Facebook and Google. How ethical does that look to you? Mm. And then they go, oh, okay, that doesn't make much sense then. Yeah,
0: and then it's (laughs) like, do you like the banks? And then, yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah, you go down the list.
3: Well, I saw a chart this morning, I think, showing the meteoric rise in Apple's use of water because of the huge computing power that they're putting into AI –
0: Um, And it's water-cooled? Have Have you ever seen a meteor meteor rise?
3: Meteor (laughs) Meteor rise?
0: (laughs) Great question.
3: Uh, No.
0: Hmm,
4: I was (laughs) find that one quite an amusing expression. What are you talking about? People talk about meteoric rises, and I've never seen a meteor rise. Meteors generally fall. They fall. fall.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Meteoric rise. Hey, that's the insight that people come to this podcast. (laughs) 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 That's worth the price of admission. (laughs) (laughs) So... Are uh, you saying that Apple is now falling inside
4: well, your IDFG to the, screen? Well, nah, man, my it's, Do they recycle <laughs> the water or does it just evaporate? I th- I, I don't know the intricacies of it. I, I, maybe I, they drink it. Do all their staff have it in their water fountains? <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so do you guys, when they kiss you – And it at the other side. <laughs> like w- your own personal portfolio, mm-hmm. mm. like what is your strategy? Are you like 80% broad-based ETF and then sprinkles from – Shat with yep. 20%. Like, what's your vibe? From an
3: ESG point of view or just or just from generally? life?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, yeah, broadly that. Yeah. Very um, core portfolio that is literally 80% um, of what I put away each fortnight mm. that goes into core and then I have my white powder sitting on the side. Right <laughs> <laughs> powder? Yes. We get gleaned in trouble here. Got my dry powder sitting on the side ready to take... Take the individual stocks. take a blow, if you will. Yes. <laughs> now you know there's a very large police station, not 200 meters from here. <laughs> but um, I think we've we've just written a book about it, and you speak about it, and like the the value in creating that c- core and just having something that's fully automated from the time we're paid through to it getting invested is um, is super powerful over a long period of time. So that's how I set up my portfolio.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I, I think um, like. Uh, obviously not advice and it's your own money, make your own decisions. But I think that core and satellite just and, – and that core being dollar cost average into low cost, well-diversified uh, market tracking ETFs. Like the, the amount of research and, and the amount of the, – the amount of yeah, research that's gone into proving why that is a sensible strategy is just sort of indisputable at this point.
2: So you may have both had these thoughts – with your potential housing situation, do we pause investing and just save cash for extra deposit or do we sell down some of our portfolio to fund the house? Where have you landed with that?
0: So my uh, – I am not selling. It, like the plan at the moment, obviously plans change, yeah. but as of 12th of September 2023, I'm not selling any of my investments. And I don't want to stop my fortnightly dollar cost averaging.
4: Yeah, cool. Yeah. So Have you got your deposit stashed away somewhere else?
0: Yeah, in a high interest mm-hmm. um account. Yeah. 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 Oh.
2: Um, sorry. You go. Whatever. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just totally a, yeah. a Biden moment. I'm like, oh, I'm actually here. I, sorry. I'm the only one who's I, allowed a Biden moment.
3: I I mean, I am the same. I I, I so what I put in on a fortnightly basis is not stopping. Any spare cash I have, we've just come back from holiday that was putting away, that is going into the deposit. But the deposit is there. It's ready to go. I think to build on that though, what we have determined as our – you know, what we're, what we're prepared from a cash flow point of view to put towards a repayment on a house is such that we still have the ability to invest in stocks outside of it and we still have the ability to yeah, save cash. Okay. I don't want to stop – I don't want to be all eggs in the property basket and then mm. – and then can't afford to continue to dollar cost average in. So,
0: And I don't know about you, but like when I look at what that looks like, maybe it's naively low, the amount that I want to borrow and get this away. But like that's the plan at the moment. Mm. And then, yeah.
2: There was a question in this one or in – I put a couple of posts up. Someone said, can you have banks or lenders borrow against your equity portfolio for a house purchase? Now, I'm quite confident 99.9% – the answer is no. However, there is, I know of one lender that, um, and I knew someone who did this, their parents were going guarantor on the property. And I think it was actually CBA. They had a term deposit with CBA in the parent's name and CBA just put a lien over that term deposit account
5: yep. right. as
2: opposed to doing a hard... Uh, parental guarantee on the physical property. Mm. They had some extra cash over here that they secured, but I think that's probably the the extent of which a mm. bank or lender would probably venture. Yeah,
4: unless um, you are talking well, about a really big portfolio. Yeah, and, and you yeah. can get Elon a, Musk size, yeah. and you can get a merchant bank involved.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, uh, like what, because the the bank is like the security for the loan is the house. Like the well,
2: and the well, yes, eighty uh, percent of it is yeah, the house. Yeah,
0: mm, mm. so like a, yeah anyway
2: yeah. yeah they they'd look at your cash flow from any dividends from that yeah absolutely yeah what percentage would they take into account of um dividend yield? Oh, normally you need 2 years of, of consistent dividends yeah yeah but they're not going to take 100% anyway <clears throat> it would be like rental income <clears throat> might be 70 or less, yeah. or less yeah um so there's a question here i wanted to talk about it um Mitch Golding Glenn James, I reckon Vince Gully and Solvair Wealth, John Pigeon need to help Bryce and Alec buy their first property each. He must <laughs> listen to your stuff. Yeah, yeah I reckon I yeah, reckon, reckon we've, we've
0: done that. We've done property pretty well, I reckon. <laughs> However,
2: um He said we haven't actually bought one yet.
0: No. <laughs> no, so no
2: He's got a heap of stuff. ETFs. Okay. Top few decade on decade. Shares. Why bother with individual shares? Crypto. Bitcoin halving the relevance of all BTC ETFs in the new year. Property, residential commercial, business, blah, blah, blah. What are we doing with crypto? Are you still doing the crypto podcast or is that a bit of a We bad? still have
3: Crypto Curious in the network. Right. But it's um it's hosted by the guys over at Bamboo. Right. Um, who are very much in the know with what's going on with crypto. Yeah. We're very much not well, I'm personally not in the know. All I'm doing is uh, well, I have I haven't been in crypto for a while, but this halving event is coming.
0: Uh, my and strategy sort of a- has been uh, every fortnight I put fifty bucks into crypto, twenty five dollars Bitcoin, twenty five dollars Ethereum, right? And it's an, a small enough money that it's like if everything goes wrong, and you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Mm. But if things go well, I'll you know, great, I'll be on the I'll be on the ride. Um. And you know the way I justify it to myself, it's like these days it's one Uber Eats order less a fortnight. Um, so I'm no wonder in- you're losing weight. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. I you lost weight. I guess so. I don't know. I'm just taking the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, but I think yeah, Crypto Curious. You know they they're in it, and there's always so much happening. You know, just even look at their episode titles, and every week there's so much happening and we don't understand half the the words they're using, but I guess that's why the podcast exists. Um, You know, what do they say? Bear markets are for building Mm. and it seems like there's a lot being built, but yeah.
2: Yeah, I've got to like, I don't think crypto at this stage is an investment or at any stage, go with me, because I don't invest in currency. Like I'm not buying euros or pesos and all that. I think it's a speculative play
0: and 100%. I yeah.
2: you know, I actually I've gone back into Bitcoin. I actually sold before the last because all I do is just simple when everyone's talking about it I'm the get the hell out of here mm-hmm. but now no one's talking about it It's maybe it's time to be well, Lenny's going back in baby <laughs> um, well they say now's the time with this halving
3: event that comes what, around halving, every, every four years so,
0: so the halving is February it, February 2024 is that right? It's a bit. Like, wasn't it April? okay yeah.
3: yeah
0: and for people unfamiliar it's basically like the difficulty of the algorithm that uh, Bitcoin miners are trying to solve doubles, mm. or like the hash rate halves, mm. so uh, yeah. and so just and that historically has been a precursor to these uh, bubbles yeah. that we call. I mean, the, runs the cha- up in yeah. price. The challenge yeah.
4: with that in today's environment, though, is that the price of electricity is now so high that if you double the
0: difficulty, you it requires more it electricity. More electricity but which is,
4: means
2: it's more...
0: But, that, but, the, I, but think I think that, that's why uh, the price goes uh, up. That, yeah, exactly. Up. It's electricity,
2: yeah. it's not as savage ever on the planet.
4: Well, if you look... I mean, who's that big um, miner based in Texas? They've actually shut down their mining rigs oh, and flogging, making a fortune flogging the electricity. Yeah, They wow. can actually sell oh, the... Virus they energy? They can sell... Uh, oh, so be, they
2: obviously had a big wholesale so, so, arrangement. So they've
4: pre-contracted energy... Yeah. At, Electricity, Yes. And so when the price of Bitcoin falls, they flog the energy. Right. And they've been selling energy like there's no tomorrow. And with, well. and with the halving, that will be even worse. Yeah. So, um, I mean, to my mind, the fun piece of my portfolio, I take to the TAB. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, but you're also a boomer. What's your, uh, <laughs> what's, your,
0: what's your compound annual return on that? <laughs>
2: Better than my Bitcoin return, I can tell you. <laughs>
0: hey,
2: um, someone asked here about crypto ETFs. I don't know anything really, but I understand the crypto ETFs are investing in the companies in that space as opposed to an underlying commodity-type so, so gold vibe?
0: Two things. So, for a little while, we've had crypto ETFs that do that. Mm. Um, BetaShares have one. I think someone else in Australia has one. Um, maybe just beta BetaShares. Yeah, yeah. But over in America, there's a few, mm. and those have been allowed by regulators. But the debate for ages has been a spot Bitcoin ETF. And so, that's an ETF that just holds actual Bitcoin, similar to like... Um, you know, a Global X Gold yeah. ETF that just holds. Hasn't gold. Hasn't one just been
4: approved in the US? I think
2: uh, but super, super, yeah, super close. That, um, yeah. Super close. BTC, I'm just going to Google BTC ETF. Um, hmm.
4: I'm almost sure there's one been approved by the SEC in yeah, the last okay. week or two in too. Australia. No, 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 yeah. um, I mean, not the, not the State Electricity OCR. Corporation think, <laughs> of Victoria.
0: <laughs> I think um, a lot of people get really excited about the idea of a spot Bitcoin ETF because. Um, a lot of institutions have mandates that they can only invest in like share market listed products, and so it will open it up to them. But for my, from my perspective, for my personal investing, the idea of a Bitcoin ATF means nothing to me because Bitcoin is already an incredibly accessible yeah. asset class. Yeah, I'm just looking it at it this. Add a
4: layer of insurance, though, doesn't it? Uh, does it? What that the. If their wallet gets hacked, oh, yeah. then there's probably a layer of protection that you're going to get. Maybe. maybe,
3: maybe they could be storing you, it in
2: cold storage. Could, yeah, you can yeah. do cold storage personally, and then. But, okay, yeah. so I probably and this is the thing. Like, I I just use CoinSpot, um, and my trust owns it, um, and like, there's I'm not buying a Bitcoin ETF because I'm not paying the you point know, nine seven, point six five, point nine five .65 .95 Oh, that's the best part of 1%. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think, like, for those who are beginners who want to put their toe in the water, pro- like, Bitcoin, it's going to, like, why dick around with anything else? Maybe Ethereum, mm-hmm. but Bitcoin, I think... At the there's most, almost
4: nothing else that you would buy.
2: Yeah. No, everything else is far, far more speculative. Yeah, yeah um, But, yeah, I mean, but within that, we're not putting probably more than 2% of our portfolio in it. So, max. there's that. Yeah, like, ma- max. like, max. Max. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, horse 4 race 3 at (laughs) Randwick
3: yeah I don't know it's one of those things that everyone will be talking about when it starts ripping again
2: Mm. yeah so David (laughs) said David Outerbridge what investing tips from lessons you learned would you give to your 30 year old self if you would go back in time you guys are just 30 year olds I am 30 yeah I just have a what would you give yourself last week (laughs) what would you tell yourself last week
0: um uh, don't stress, just invest. Yes. Dollar cost average into a core portfolio. Yeah. No, but I think, um, I mean, we've learned so much from the experts uh, that we've spoken to on the podcast. Um, I mean, I, I don't know where to start, but if we're looking at individual stocks, um, nothing beats high quality. And like, um, you know, we'll all, there's all these, these reasons that you'll chase cheap or that, you know, like – if there's a duopoly and you'll always go for the the second uh, rate one because it's it looks cheaper or it looks like it could grow further. But, like, time and time again, what we've learned is just, like, the best companies continue to be the best companies and so you generally have to do pay you have, more Do you for have the, an Optus mobile phone? I am, have a Telstra mobile phone. I actually have an Apple phone. <laughs> um, but, Why, you know, what? like, REA Domain, Woolies Coles, like, we uh, live in a land of duopolies and time and time again we see that the winners keep winning. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Um what have you learned in your investment journey
3: Not so much investment but I reckon I was talking about this with my wife last night if I was to go back to uni and I think this is down your path Glenn it was actually it would be getting your cash flow sorted 100%. as soon as you can and actually understanding what that means because the amount of times like overdraft or you're spending way too much at uni or like yeah you're not understanding what good cash flow looks like mm. um and, the, and then the compounding power of that month on month on month as early as possible, that's yeah, think, something I'd go back and be like, I thought I had it, kind of,
2: but I wowed. Because everything rises and falls on your cash flow. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. once you commit that $1,000 to the investment investment account, if you're doing things right, you should never have a need to withdraw that.
4: Mm, exactly, mm. exactly. Particularly not
2: for Red Joe in eight months. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. But
4: there yeah. are you know, two times of your life when you should be – Running negative cash flows. One's when you're a student, and two's when you're retired, and getting that gap in the middle right is the key to it.
0: Yeah, and like when you're thirty, you and like I'm saying this as if I I know any different, but I am thirty. But like you know, no kids, no school fees, no uh, no mortgage at the moment, no stress, uh, no stress. um, You're just investing. We'll put a link in the show note, (laughs) our affiliate link. Just like don't assume that it's gonna be easier in the future like this might be the time to just maximize the money that you're investing before life catches up with you
2: what have you learned vince since what 50 years ago when you were 30 don't buy shed loads of japanese shares in 1988 don't do that (laughs) don't do that
0: But I think if you'd bought the index in eighty Japanese index in eighty eight it... I'd be just breaking in. Yeah, just, yeah. just. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you would have had a great last twelve months.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Although actually the, the true story about Japan is that's what saved my ass in nineteen eighty seven. Because on Black Monday, which is next week, week after, um Japan took like a year and a half to fall. So through 87, 88... Everything else had shut itself, and Japan was still chuffing along. And then in 88, it just collapsed. I think it was 88. And that was actually what saved my bacon in October 87. By mm. mm. well, like being overweight Japan. <laughs> if you'd
0: just been dollar-cost averaging all the way through Japan's run-up and all the way through its crash and you just kept dollar-cost averaging today, you would have done all right.
2: Mm, don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Glenn? Oh, it's funny. When th- – I was recording because you know I'm trying to do more content on Instagram, if you will. Uh, you know, be a hashtag influencer. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just, doing, I, I was just setting up my camera the other day. I'm like, I'm going to do an audio on a screen test, and I'm like, three things that the three golden rules to investing. <laughs> and I was pointing and dancing, and and I just was like making them up on the spot. I'm like, one. Diversification. And then as I was finishing the word diversification, I'm thinking, what am I going to say next? (laughs) And then like two, liquidity. (laughs) Like because we don't want to invest in stuff that, you know, isn't um, that liquid because there could be some other symptoms of why it is a liquid and there is, um, you know, possibly some uh, reasons why you might like I've recently invested in a startup that's quite a liquid but in the main, broad market, liquid, all that stuff. And then I was like, crap, what am I going to say? Because I'm like a one-and-done type guy when I do my videos. telling you, one, one take glean from yeah. yeah. One hit, one done. That's, yeah, that's why they're all rubbish. And then I'm like, oh, something like, and three, do it often and do it for a long time.
0: I feel like that's three great pieces of advice. Like, isn't, that's, isn't it five?
2: Uh, five what? Isn't that five things? Four. Uh, th- te- technically four. Thing. <laughs> that's the third <laughs> you thing. You got one for
0: free there. But yeah, so I
2: think it is that. Um, wait, there's more. Yeah, just keep doing it. And because I've been doing these kind of corporate webinars lately. And if you want to do a webinar with your team, let me know, slide into my LinkedIn DM.
0: And if you want to see one of the wildest setups, go to Glenn's LinkedIn because it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Hey?
2: <laughs> and I was doing these webinars and I'm kind of prepping this notion about you know, the best investment that you can make in your 20s is in your career and yourself. And imagine if you had a $20,000 investment portfolio, right? today. Everyone, imagine you got $20,000 and you're in your 20s. How long would it take you to save $10,000 in your 20s? Might take someone a year, might take someone two years, might take someone 10, whatever that is, right? Now, that investment portfolio of $20,000, for that to produce $10,000 in one year, that's a 50% return. And there's no way we would want to have most of our investment wealth tied up in a portfolio that could do that because there's a big chance it could do nothing or negative and we lose our money, right? And that speaks to kind of the risk profile. When we go you know, up to the right, we're getting more risky. If we turn around and invest in ourself and our career, we could upskill and generate that 10 grand from employment which is equivalent of a 50% return based on that portfolio, yeah, maybe over the year. And that's putting you not up in the top right. It's down the bottom left where it's around cash and fixed interest. And then because you're investing in yourself, that's an annuity that's going to happen next year as well. And it compounds. And that's why we really wrote the book, Sort Your Career Out mm-hmm. and Make More Money. Because in your 20s, if you can get through uni – with $1 to your name and no consumer debt and be qualified, you are absolutely slaughtering it. Mm. So your typical
4: graduate today is going to make $6 million before they retire. Yep. And a 1% difference of that is you're know, going to make a huge difference to your life. Mm. Whereas a 1% difference in return as to whether I buy IVV or VTI, mm. um, yeah, they're the, they're the decisions you should be focusing on and, you know, Having a side hustle while you're at uni, if that affects your grades by one, yeah, you know, turn, turns a distinction into side a credit. Side hustle anytime, Yeah. Because you just can't out-earn bad spending. So mm. you've got to get the spending right. I've tried. You have? Yeah.
2: Tried what? Out-earning bad spending.
4: <laughs> 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 Didn't work. Yeah.
0: How many boats you got? Uh, yeah. Just the one at the moment. Thank you. Um,
2: but yeah, so that's kind of the whole invest in yourself <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. it will be wild. What else have we got here?
0: I think while you're looking, the Mm. one other um, investment lesson that I've really internalized over the last few years is that the average is enough. Like, I reckon so much of my 20s, I thought that investing was all about, like, finding the right stock or the right ATF to outperform and, like, you only build wealth if you do better than the average. But, like, the average is more than enough to build more than enough wealth. And I think once you... And the
4: average is more than the average punter gets. So much easily more. Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. than the
2: average professional investor
4: yeah gets.
0: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so I,
2: I changed my mindset with investing mm. that all I'm doing is parking money that I don't need today for the long term that will outperform cash and inflation over the long term mm. like that's all I'm doing yeah I don't need more than mm. the market returns in terms of the Top 500 US mm. companies, or the top 200 Aussie companies. Yeah. When you figure that out, I think when you
0: everything everything yeah. changes, yeah. even
2: your level
3: of stress around. Don't get me wrong, approaching Becky.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That, yeah. But, like, but you're going, going eyes t- wide open yeah. about what it is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And that tw- that's the 20% of the portfolio you spec or whatever it may yeah. be. But yeah. when you figure that out, that, your approach, yeah. your desire to put as much money in the market as fast as possible infinitely increases, yeah. I reckon, yeah. because you're not stressed about, I have to pick a stock, I don't know what I'm doing, if you genuinely understand.
0: Here, now, we're just going to start rattling some stuff off from the book until you stop <laughs> us. But um, one of the other things um, – not all ETFs are the same and uh, I think people underappreciate just how good a product an index ETF is compared to the thematic ETFs that are like all the sort of buzz and the rage these days. Like an index is just a beautiful investment product. Every quarter you get more of the good stuff and you get less of the bad stuff and that is not the same in thematic ETFs where someone's making investment decisions. And we, there's a chapter in the book, "Index uh, Companies Die, Indexes Are Forever. And we write about how uh, in the last sort of 50 years in the US, um, the the exact number is going to escape me. That's why you got to read the book. But it's (laughs) something like three quarters of listed companies have collapsed. Like just companies die. That is capitalism. That's creative destruction. That's the name of the game. Um, But the index in that time has just powered on, fueled by generation after generation of great companies. And... As an index investor, you get more of the great and less of the bad. The the
4: challenge, though, is to pick the right index. Yeah, I was going to say that. that, What index? Your first decision is what's my asset allocation? Yeah. And then within that, what sector? So if I say, look, I want to be 80% growth, then I go, well, how do I split my 80% up? What market should I be in? So an index is a really good way of delivering you return of a market. But you've got to pick the market first.
0: Well, that's, uh, that's where a trap for young players with the, the global ETFs that they see and you think you're getting and, you know, a bit of everything, but really you're getting 70% America. Well,
2: US. you know, VDHG, VDGR, sure, it's an index ETF, but it's quite active because Vanguard have actively chosen what asset allocation... Yeah. So, so
4: choice of an index is an active decision. Mm. Definitely. So you may be investing in indexed products... But that's not a passive investment. That's not a passive decision. You've actively decided. So if I'm going to buy – Well, take
0: it a step back. Choosing shares is an active decision. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, not, we're, we're not saying don't make any decisions. We're just saying index no, is a great sorry, product. I, wasn't, I, 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 wasn't, I was just trying to elaborate by going – Yeah, yeah.
4: You, you may not be able to beat a market and even if you could, that's probably not a particularly useful goal. But in order to get a market, you have to choose a market. And the difference between choosing ASX 200 versus NASDAQ, what, what's it called? 100. 100. Yeah. Um, they are widely different investments. Yeah. You know, and you get different factor exposure, you got different currency exposure, you got different size exposure, you got different industry exposure. And that's an active decision.
0: Mm. And I think there's a study, and uh, I can't remember where, but some, someone's looked at. Um, Like, uh, the best performing market by decade, and it's very rarely a geography will go back to back in terms of dominating a decade, so... And interestingly, Australia is the highest performer of the top 23
4: indexes over the last 120 years. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Dividends.
0: (laughs) Back holes and banks, it it is. is. (laughs) (laughs) funny, like, you look at... So, some of the stuff we were looking at um, in this book, you look at, like, the US and uh, how much the, the best companies have changed over time, so... Um, the 1980s, it was IBM, was the biggest company in the states, and then 2000, it was GE, General Electric, and then it falls off. And 2020, it's Apple. Like this, you know, this process of creative destruction sees different companies come to the fore. You look at Australia. BHP, 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 from a $48 million market cap company in like the 1950s to what is whatever it is today, 300 billion or whatever. I think quite, yeah. It's just like it just sits at the top of the index and it's just like somebody beat me. <laughs> What's your
2: like your own core, like 80%? Like, cause I personally just pump IVV and IOZ.
0: So I've got. Uh, a European ETF, a an American S and P five hundred, not Nasdaq, uh, Asia, Australia, and one other geography that I'm forgetting. But I have an equal weight across all. Right. No
4: infrastructure, no real estate, no gold. No. I no mean, worries, mate. I,
0: I'm not. I'm not against <laughs> it, and like for me, I recognise the value of having those sort of exposures. But for me, right now. All in on equities in my core. Definitely not gold in my core. You know, I could understand property or infrastructure, but I just want global equities exposure, equal weighted, indexed.
4: Yeah. So volatility is not, not um, a
0: thing? No. Uh, like I – one of my investing superpowers is that I'm incredibly lazy. Like I – like people talk about having this like urge to check their portfolio all the time. That is not me. People have this, have this urge to like act and sell and mm-hmm. trade – that is not me. That is a beautiful the, thing. There is nothing better than laziness when it comes mm-hmm. to investing. Set up an automated bank transfer to your brokerage account. But does your um,
2: brokerage account automatically rebalance or anything like that? Or how do you manage no. that? No.
0: No, it doesn't. So that's the one uh, drawback that we don't have fractional ETF investing. I think sharesies might have it now, but I'm- They I'd, do. They do. Yeah, um, but uh, just- I think Perler
4: might have it as well.
0: There you go. It's coming. Um but yeah, just uh, automatic transfer, auto-invest. Uh, I get a text that it's done every fortnight and I don't do anything.
4: Do you um, use superhero? I do. So do you just buy same. the same thing yeah. every month
0: or every week? Uh, buy the same thing every fortnight. <laughs> every yeah. fortnight. Yeah, it's all set up automatically. Yeah, yeah. So for me, like being lazy um, is great because you just tick away. I don't remember what the question was, but...
2: <laughs> oh, just what you, portfolio. But I think it's interesting, like I, I do actually have other holdings but in terms of what I pump the hero it is the IVV and the IOZ because Australia international go to town baby Mm.
3: I pump Australia and the US but they're both the leveraged beta shares products oh look out yeah
0: Gear and it keep
3: it, keep it, G. <laughs> <laughs> children G, listening. You need the white powder.
2: I'm not uh, G. Just yeah, and Gear. I'm um, and I'm on purpose not going to say the waiting because I don't yeah. want to be seen as um, giving, giving advice, portfolio advice. Yes. Don't, don't you have a license? I've got a general advice license, Vincent. So do these chaps.
0: Yeah, uh, we don't know your personal circumstances. Hey, if nothing you, we say if you piss me off.
2: I'll go and join their
0: license.
2: <laughs> 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 I was thinking about that the other day. I'm Like,
0: if Vince was like, I don't
2: know, if he shut up shop or, God forbid, went to see Jesus early or something like that, I would um. I'm going to outlast yeah. you, man. You probably will. You <laughs> <laughs> probably will. Um, so, yeah, so you like gear up, do you? Well,
3: for the US and the, for Australia, and then I've got a, the same similar exposure across Europe and Asia. But um, I just think they're great products. Mm. I, I know they're, they're more expensive. I get that.
2: But um,
0: You just have to hope that the market doesn't fall, for what, like 50% of a day or something.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, if it does, just back up the truck and pour more money and and gear well, it right, up. Well, yeah, you can lose a sh- you can lose a fair <laughs> chunk.
3: But for me, like the long the long term compound of two and a half times geared, I'm just like, what's long term for you? Let's let's go 40 years. Why wouldn't you use super then?
2: I do, I have it in there as well. Oh, you do. Yeah. You've got the geared product in super. Yeah. Do you have a self managed fund? Who's the trustee? Through super. Through superhero. Oh right. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Nice. 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 Yeah. 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 No, you could do that. On so the- it's
4: <laughs> most wraps.
2: Yeah, okay. But, I mean, yeah, sorry, general over-the-counter retail industry funds no. would never have those options. No. Well, so superhero is – you can sort of adjust it and – Oh, but they've got the thresholds where you've got to have
3: 60 uh, – Minimum 75% I think has to go into just their vanguard.
2: Bread and butter, yeah. Is that right?
0: Minimum 75? Are you sure it's not Yeah, there was – because I remember when I – Oh,
3: is it minimum 25? 25? There was –
2: I didn't mind the offering. Like, it was good because at least there was some protection – For people, like, because they're a trustee, right? So it's like, yeah, you've got to have 60, 70, whatever it is, your bread and butter, Mm. but go wild over here if you want. Mm. Mm. Okay, so they're allowing some gear. Go
0: wild in the sense that you get, like, uh, ASX200 and some Mm. ETFs. But
3: but I can't, if I was to have geared and then the A200 next to each other, I still can't buy this equivalent chunk of A200 that I can gear. Right. Uh, other way around. I can't buy the equivalent chunk of gear that I can A two hundred. So they even limit it because it's a leveraged product in the non core yeah. in the non core part. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah. For me it's just like speaking of leverage, yeah.
5: Mm.
2: Yeah, cool. Uh, oh, here was that question. Ooh, what do we got else here? There's a fair bit of property in here. I'm glad we've talked about property. Yeah, we talked a bit for a little bit.
0: I mean, property's front of mind for everyone these days. The um uh, I got a coffee this morning and- Are you rich, I, are you?
4: <laughs> no, no wonder you can't afford a house.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's tough. But um, I the I was flicking through the paper and the front uh, two pages were all different stories about property and like the rental crisis and uh, housing unaffordability. And it was just like, it was a real reminder, you know, like we live in brave financial content every day. So sometimes you think you just- in a bubble mm. and some of the stories that we're talking about just don't hit the mainstream. But like this property conversation is front of mind and it's mainstream. It's like mm. everyone is feeling it at the moment.
2: Shout out to Jack Palmer on the post. Cause I asked a while ago, who should we get for um, a campfire chat? And he said, I almost mentioned equity mates when you ask for ideas for guests but I didn't think it was possible. Wow. Well, my friends, anything, <laughs> is <possible. laughs> anything is
0: possible. You just have to believe is it. Bit,
2: yeah, well. So shout out, Jack. Nice, Jack. Actually, can we get Jack a copy of your book? Absolutely. All right, Jack, okay. I'm going to send you a message and I'm going to get you to email me and I'll forward it to these guys and they can send you a book. Done. Sounds good. Mm. Done. Um, okay, here's a good one. Daniel said, hi, Hi, Glenn. I bought a few different ETFs over a year ago, and they have all risen between get these five and eighty-three percent. And he's like, "You rock my world, fang." Um, <laughs> nice. My question: How do you continue to add to your ETFs when you meant to buy the dip? If I had anything, um, that's where I, you need white powder. Yeah, that's right. If I <laughs> add to anything, I'll be buying at higher prices. This is a, a. This is a. Okay, my comments on this is: this is a discussion where someone's pulled the trigger with their investing in their portfolio Mm. and not had any guidelines about I rebalance every three months if over this percent. Because it's a rebalancing discussion, if anything. I also think, though, that part of it is
3: people, when they start, will have a chunk of cash and think that starting is putting that whole chunk of cash in first go Mm. and there's no idea of actually how you allocate over a period of time if... Sorry, what was his name, Jack? Uh, Daniel. Daniel, ha- say, had, I don't know, a thousand bucks. Like, the way you avoid that emotional, it, you know, stocks are up, when do I buy in again, is deploying that thousand yep. bucks over five months or six months or whatever it may be. And, of be. course,
4: deciding whether you're an investor or a trader. If If I was a trader, I'd be running my 83% growth one, and killing some of the other ones. Whereas Mm. if I'm a long-term investor, I'd be selling down my 83% and investing in the 5%.
3: Well, I think the other thing here is the tried-and-true method of dollar-cost averaging avoids this whole scenario. I know, I know. (laughs) Well, no, it doesn't. It can actually um, – sorry, it reduces it because you you get there. But you'll still end up So why would you want to cut something that's running
2: 85%? Because reversion to the mean – and no,
4: yeah, prior, but, past experience
0: yeah, but,
2: isn't any indication that's going to keep going. But
0: no, you don't know when it'll... No, you don't know when. It's also but fame, but you know
2: like it Nvidia, like they're yeah.
3: companies that are... Yeah.
0: But,
2: that's the, yeah, but they're but the most that's the cyclical. Between,
3: yeah.
4: That's the difference between being a trader and an investor. If you're a trader, rule number one is cut your losses, run your gains. So in that case, keep your 83% due because it could be a 93% or a 100% too. If you're a long-term investor, what you want to do is get back to your asset allocation. And if you... Have done it without, because you just suggest, without having a strategy in mind. You just want to get in the market. You don't actually have anything to get back to. So, what what is what is my strategy to which I can get back to and get bank some of these abnormal gains?
0: I mean, just my, a different mindset. My argument would be the way that you get back to your asset allocation decision is the money that you're earning from your job and you're starting to invest is you top up the the ones that are falling behind yeah. in the asset allocation. Don't sell your winners and rebalance that way. Rebalance with your new investors. Yeah, but well, that, that's, you have that's, that's one way. If you don't have any
2: cash, yeah. that was the whole thing. True, it's true. Like, if you
0: don't have cash flow. This then, one
2: has yeah, yeah. been a banger. Yeah. We take money from the banger and put back to more, you know, in the traditional sense, money from the growth portion of the portfolio, put back into the defensive, yeah. which gives you the smoother portfolio. And that yeah. strategy stops working after a few years. It works really well in the beginning where you're – Contribution is a
4: big proportion relative to the balance. But yeah, when, when, you, you, get your, when grand you get to or year more, 10, yeah. 20, your pool is now so much bigger relative to your monthly investment that the strategy works yeah. less well.
0: guess I'm not there yet. Um, <laughs> um,
4: yeah. Which is why <laughs> well, it's called personal finance because so, it's personal.
0: So I want I to um, give a shout. So the the question was how do, I, um, uh, how do I know when to keep buying and time the market? Yeah, um, buy the dip, blah, the blah, dip? blah. Yeah. There's a book, um, Nick Majuli, uh, Just Keep Buying. Mm-hmm. He's an American author and he, uh, he may, he, this whole book is basically an argument to just buy early, buy often and buy as much as you can basically mm-hmm. and the whole book is the reasons why that makes sense yep. based on the historical data. It, uh, it's a good book. Give it a read. It'll but help your thinking with this question.
2: I would also hypothesize that I have read the book, happy to be wrong. Always am wrong. Apologies, everyone, I'm always wrong. Whatever. You get what you pay for, it's infotainment, blah blah blah. Um I would say his view of that is to always be buying, always be putting money into your portfolio, which doesn't obfuscate or obfuscate the need. Abdicate. I abdicate or obfuscate. Weird. Abdicate. Abdicate, ab- abdicate? whatever abdicate the need of rebalancing within the portfolio you're 100%
0: right yeah 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 no no yeah. this is just more generally about yeah. when you put money in the question yeah. about you know internal the, weights and all that yeah, stuff
2: the, yeah the weighting and the rebalancing is portfolio hygiene yeah yeah. and, and this is the whole thing it's like if old mate Daniel's got his banger and it's done, one stock's done eighty-three. It's one of the fangs. So who have that been? Nvidia, Nvidia, Nvidia Tesla, uh, uh, yeah. and Facebook. Well, it really depends on when
3: you bought Tesla. Yeah, and <laughs> when did Nvidia become a fang? Started this. Oh, uh, it's what? been in there for since the creation of it. Like it's. The,
0: so we're talking about. Th- you're Facebook, talking about-
3: Amazon, Netflix. I no, You guys are talking, talking about different about- things. I'm talking, Bryce about
0: is f- talking about the Fang Plus ETF. Right, yeah, yeah, sure. You're talking yeah. about the which I'm ETF.
3: imagining is what. He's investing because it's up. I mean, like, the thing is, fa- right. Facebook, Fame Meta class. have
0: Meta's also tripled in a yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that that ETF well, just gone, last year. Yeah, oh, well, so it went down to ninety-seven in November, and now it's back above three hundred. Mm. It was a, it was an. Obvious but setup.
2: I think all I'm saying is, you live by the sword and you die by the sword. Like if you're going, oh, Nvidia or this portfolio, Fang, whatever, done eighty-three percent in twelve months. Guess what? He's a secret. That's not normal. And it's not going to keep happening. Don't tell anyone. This is like, ASMR. This is ASMR. <laughs> so what you need to now do is say, I'm making a decision to hold this and I can't get pissed off mm. if it farts 30% next year because I live by the sword and die by the sword.
0: Yeah, and you can do things like, you know, some people will take half the profits or do anything like that. That's not me. I'm a let your winners run kind of guy, and well, that's, trading. And <laughs> that's put, a trading put approach. Put a trailing stop on if you if you want or something like that. But um, yeah, you know, there's there's different strategies you can do. Mm. But just as Glenn, you know, you said you might be pissed off if it falls thirty percent last year. Imagine if N- Nvidia keeps ripping and it doubles from here. Yeah. So it's the, like it's regret minimization framework is the no, framework No, but also apply.
2: remember, like when you're putting money into species, for example, or like very high growth, the whole thing is if you put 100% of your money into that specky and it dies, you get absolutely flushed. Mm. If you put a small percentage, 5% in or 3 or whatever, and it has a good run, you'll do very well. Mm. And I think it's always worth to um, think about the real dollar value of what you're playing with and whether it is worth the risk. And one example, and I'll share it because we're like – I don't know. An hour and a half in, and only people that have got a mental illness like myself are listening. Um,
0: (laughs) This is when we get real. Pretty much, (laughs)
2: Um, yeah. So on this date, uh, this is when we're running out of marshmallows. Yeah, Glenn James got cancelled right now. Um, (laughs) So I bought those Messina uh, limited edition high top Nikes, right? They had Nikes. I didn't yeah. I missed this. Yeah, $700. Gelato. Wait, wow. N- N- Nike, Nike partnered with Messina. Uh, Custom tops was the brand. If you open oh, okay, Messina okay. Instagram, you'll see it. So I bought these high top Nikes <laughs> and they were $700, right? And do they
4: melt in the summer?
2: Absolutely. And I lick them. Um, anyway, I was and everyone's like, "Oh, are you going to wear them or not? Or keep them as an investment." And I was like, "Oh yeah, probably could keep them as an investment." It's the point in buying them then. Well, and this is the whole thing. I'm like, okay, if I spend $700 on the shoes, if in five years' time or 10 years' time they're worth $10,000, $10,000 isn't changing my life. Mm. Sure, it was an awesome gain. Not changing my life probably wouldn't be worth more than Not that. compared to the girls you pick up for you wearing them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're cool shoes. Yeah. I just shoe make them or, yeah. or have a look at my um, stories. Uh, I did a story on it on my personal glennie.james. And so my whole thing was, I'm just going to get more value where it. Who cares? <laughs> hmm. And that was the whole thing. Like if you're going, you know, full ham at some specky stock, you know, is it really going to change your life if you – so it, I don't know what I'm saying. But uh, you put all your money in, it gets flushed, you're screwed. If it goes well and you've got some money, at least you get a decent return.
3: Yeah. I think, um, so we had uh, uh, an advisor on recently who kind of spoke to this, which was, you know, a lot of people when they start, have a bit of a spray and pray approach, get really excited and go 500 bucks on this stock, 500 bucks on that stock. And then you have a portfolio of like 50 different stocks. And for that to meaningfully grow into a portfolio, like even if all of them doubled, you've gone from 500 to a thousand bucks. And his point was when you're starting out, you want to build... Like large positions in diversified portfolio, or whatever it is, so that you then have a strong core that that over a long period of time can change your life. But having a punt, not a punt, but like just a spray and pray five hundred bucks. That need, t- thing needs to
2: a hundred bag, yeah, for it to be like okay, I'm I'm done and dusted here. Yeah, and that's what I've just resolved in my own life because I am known to chase the dopamine. That my investing, I'm just parking money for the long term. Mm. That will likely outdo cash and inflation, mm. and I'm happy with market returns. And then until we find mm. the next specie, giddy up.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next <laughs> uh, next afterpay, yeah, <laughs>
2: after which is fine. But like I did a startup the other the other week through Bircher. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. um, is that yeah, like yeah. a crowdfunding? Equitizer,
2: yeah, quickly. yeah. And I've done. Is a, that like the Muesli? Yes, very <laughs> similar. Um, and I think I put five grand in a startup. I was like, yeah, I believe in what they're doing. Bit of fun. Now, if that gets a 100% return, sweet. Good return. Not changing my life, but I'll take it.
0: it kept me engaged. How much money would change your life? So, you've said 10 grand won't change your life. 100 times return on 5 grand. Uh, what? 5 mil. 500,000 won't change your life? Uh,
2: yeah, 500 would. Because okay. I'd put it straight into a, a property. True. Um, and then live in it.
0: I think Bryce once said that five mil wouldn't be life-changing, so true. <laughs> your bar's lower than him.
2: <laughs> oh, I mean, that's it. I'm not allergic to money, but I'm talking about significantly moving the needle. Yeah. Like, are you going to do something yeah, yeah, different yeah. the next morning than you would have
4: done tomorrow morning? Yes. If yeah, it happens. Yeah. And it takes an awful lot of money to make that sort of behavioral change mm-hmm. or lifestyle change.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that was Bryce's sustainable that, that was Bryce's, change. Bryce's point, but it kind of got lost in the number. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Let's not fix on the number. So, like, why it's not about did, the numbers? Why did you write this second book? You so, stuffed the first one and wanted yeah. to redo it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the the first book was uh, kind of like our brain dump of everything we'd learned over four years of doing the podcast, and we really started from nothing. Bryce started from something. I I really started from nothing, um, and it was like for people that wanted to go on the same journey as us and get started, this was – the the first book was designed to be the start of the journey. This book was uh, written with all of our mates who would never listen to our podcast in mind. This book was designed to be the beginning, middle and end of your investing journey and it was for people who want to get the benefit of the stock market without spending heaps of time um, listening to people like us or reading people like us. And it was uh, – we set out to do – uh, to explain the absolute simplest way to invest in the share market and why you can be confident that over the long term that will be enough. And so that yeah for for us it was all of those people in our lives who just don't care about what we're talking about on the podcast and roll their eyes when we bring up ETFs at parties.
2: And and to be fair most that's most of the population.
0: 100%, that's me half the time. <laughs>
2: To Glenn, thanks for everything you've done helping young Australians get ahead financially. We couldn't have started Equity mates without your support and investment. Ah, joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see you and appreciate your work. Can't wait to see what you do next at Simo. He's to the third boat. Bryce, well, thanks for my signed coffee. Uh, oh, that's awesome. I'm just having a look at some of the... Oh, you've got a testimony from... Uh, Six Park guy, six fuck ain't around anymore. Richards, I know. Yeah, Richards, yeah, he's he's Ted's still around yeah. though, is he? Teddy, <laughs> yeah, he's doing all those talks, isn't he? I don't. Hey, what happened? Did um all that stuff with uh oh spaceship settle. I haven't seen. I was actually thinking about it the other day. We're Which We are talking like about it. Like with the um, – At- they turned the applications off or oh, didn't ASICs- a- ASIC? Yeah. ASIC had a
0: problem with their target market determination. Have yeah. Yeah. you ever
2: read a target market determination?
0: I read all of the terms and conditions <laughs> of every investment product. <laughs> they, <No>. they are <laughs> the
4: world's most useless documents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, ooh. Someone should read Life Sherpas TMD. Oh, we don't have they one. They don't have one because financial product. product. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fair
2: enough. Um I'm just having a look. Ooh, spaceship expense offering to US stocks one day ago. Spaceship. Well, so they must be um, back because, out. Yeah. So obviously, because they would just had their own portfolios. Yeah, they met and fund they managers. were they were basically a, an unlisted managed fund, weren't they? Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then everyone found out what diversification is. When um which doesn't mean two thousand <laughs> stocks that all look the same. <laughs> yes. no, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So oh well, they've obviously um still kicking. Um so what do you what was the the hardest part about writing the book? Good question.
0: Um hardest part about does, writing the I, book. I think I don't know, like the we, we do this content to death. Um and so often we feel like we're just repeating ourselves. Um mm-hmm. And, but yeah, the, I like the I front think, cover. Oh, the, ti- <laughs> the I'm title, the title, still, I'm title and the front so cover. Happy with
2: the title. <laughs> I love the seventies look. The title um, and the yeah. front cover. How- yeah, the don't first, stress. Just where did the title come from?
0: Uh, the where did the title come from? A lot of back and forth. Um, it was a it was a title by committee. I think uh, is the the way to describe it. Um, uh, same with the cover. There was a bit of back and forth. But look, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if the title, like if there's, you know, we explained who our target reader is. Yeah, t- target market determination. And like determination. Does, does, this, does this book attract them? I would probably say no. So that's probably where I sometimes cringe internally. But hopefully once people read it um, and they give it to their mates and, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll see. Hopefully it helps someone. Um, so t-
4: two questions. Did, did you write a chapter each or, or do you actually sit down and write together?
3: We didn't write a chapter each. Ren did a lot of the heavy lifting with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the previous one, I think, we divvied up yeah. um, and did sort of chapters each. But
0: A really fun game for people that want to play. Go back to our first book, Get Started Investing, and try and guess who wrote which chapter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> um, and then the really important question is, is it an alphabetical order? Is that why Alec comes before Bryce?
0: I, I don't think know. I think it's just because I maybe did a bit more of the heavy lifting <laughs> this time. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, so
2: th- these are the important questions that need to be <laughs> asked. Yeah.
4: yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Okay, there's a question here uh, from your lander. I've heard Vince talk about having a portion of gold in a portfolio to smooth out volatility over time. Oh, I think I might have said that once or twice in my life. Uh, with a similar effect to bonds, is there a difference between gold and bonds in that regard? If you don't yet, if you don't have gold just yet, a gold ETF is the way to go, or investing in physical gold. Annoyingly, Vanguard doesn't have a gold ETF, and I'm wanting to avoid multiple platforms for the sake of simplicity. Wondering if gold is recommended, or whether a, a sufficient portion of bonds as an ETF works just as well. Gosh, a lot unpacked there. Um, your gold does serve
4: a similar purpose to bonds in the sense that it's there to smooth out returns and behave a little bit differently to and equities. And it
2: will correlate to equities and generally. Generally.
4: generally. Um, it generally does better in a inflationary environment and so you will get a different outcome than you will with bonds. We would generally, you, when we step down from 100% growth, the first increment, we would use gold. So the first 10% to get you to a 90%, we would use gold to fill that gap. With a 10%? With you, 10%, 10% percent. gold. So, so
0: your portfolios would have a 10% gold 10%. weighting.
4: Yep. Wow. Um, and then- Through a like G-O-L-D type ETF? Yeah. So we use ETFs to do that because it's the cheapest way of doing it and we don't actually have to build a safe to store the-
0: and do you, do you care about physical gold ETFs for synthetic ETFs?
4: Yes, we, when we recommend our members buy ETFs, we would always recommend full physical re- replication or, in the case of bonds, sampling replication. So, in that case, the answer to gold in Australia is GOLD. Mm. Um, and then so we would works. start adding bonds. <laughs> um, so, first of all, you add local currency, high-grade bonds, which in Australia mean largely and then when you want income, you start looking offshore. So that's how we would tear down the allocation to defensive investments. But it, they, gold will dep- behave very differently
2: to bonds, even though it's designed to do similar things. Yeah. Mm, and mm, mm, like mm, if mm. someone was wanting to smooth out their portfolio tomorrow, for example, they've got 100% equity, it's like, oh, I want to put maybe 10% in um, in gold or bonds – is, I mean, yeah, the whole working your way up DCA over six months yeah. to get to an allocation, it's probably okay just to throw it in. Yeah. I mean, because you, the volatility won't be there like equities yeah. for them. So if you look at basic, basic
4: portfolio construction rules, you yeah, go back to Pharma and French and. Can minus. you sit up, sir, Sorry. a little
2: bit? You're I'm beginning to. You're slouching and. I'm
0: slouching. And I'm hearing like. All that. (laughs) This is what happens in hour two of the podcast. (laughs) Um,
2: So
4: if you go back to basic portfolio construction, you buy as much growth as you can stomach or need and enough defensive to help you sleep at night and smooth out the bumps. And a 90-10, 90 growth, 10 defensive, for most people will outperform a 100% growth. Not because... <laughs> you got slammed alive by old oh, mate. Yeah. Um, not because it, it's it got a higher expected return, but because you'll actually realise it. And this is the thing that most of these software bros on Reddit don't really get. <laughs>
0: uh, is there, are you saying there because if people are 100% growth, they'll sell, they'll... They'd
4: be less likely
0: to stay the course, mm.
4: right? Okay, the human factor, the volatility. Okay, I got what you're saying.
0: Because humans yeah, yeah, are yeah. important <laughs> in this thing.
4: This is all about human human behaviour, mm. mm. and um, so the little bit of you know, of defensive. And what is defensive? Generally, it's high growth, high grade local currency bonds. In Australia, that sort of means government bonds, mm. and um, we find that gold delivers much of that smoothness but leaves you with a bit, bit of growth so that's why the portfolios would have outperformed over the last decade or so
0: mm. do you glenn do you have any gold in your portfolio
2: Ah, uh, yes okay. yeah
0: fair enough you've done enough podcasts with advance. <laughs> yeah. well <but> it's <laughs>
2: just the he's been drinking the kool-aid <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just the diversification play and i'm okay with smoothing out a portfolio mm. um it's just basic portfolio theory yeah, Um, and you know that's where you know chapter 5 of my book it's all the basics about modern portfolio theory why a portfolio is built this way because not everything correlates and we need to because yeah I, I just and this is the thing like with everyone in Reddit who thinks we're lunatics because we say Possibly have a defensive portion. It's to protect those who might not uh, understand the markets enough to stay the course. Mm. And, you know, in my book, I on purpose used as an example Vanguard Diversified Growth Fund in all my examples. So if someone's just like, oh, I'm going to just copy what the guy said as an example, I knew at least from a Kind of looking after people a little bit. Mm. If they did follow me, they'd be going to a seventy thirty, mm. not a ninety, 90 10, 10, ten, or a hundred percent growth. Mm. Just for some protection there and and to smooth out the portfolio.
0: What was mm. what was it that Scott Pate spoke about? He uh, he was ING Bank for you savings. Keep and our then, savior's
2: name out of your then, damn mouth.
0: What was his equity? It was, was it was AFI or yeah, something? A- AFI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. growth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back after this second break because I just want to put the post roll in here instead of the end, Nathan. So thanks, fam. We'll be back right after this.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag.
2: Say hello to Quince. Right here, yeah, we're back at the um, after party. Yeah,
0: in, in finishing. So, Glenn's trying to kick us out, but we're not leaving. <laughs> no, no, I'm just trying to get my more money, GD and I'll uh, stay if I want. <laughs> so,
2: this whole—have um, you had Thornhill on your show, Peter Thornhill, Mr. Peter Thornhill? Oh, sorry. No, no. But have that you name heard? H- really familiar? He's that um, dude who speaks about. He makes me look like a teenager. Yes. Um,
4: Gosh, and that and that's very hard to do. He's, he's a <laughs> few years older
2: than me, and has much less hair.
4: Um, oh, I
0: nothing wrong with less hair. <laughs> and he, um,
2: so he's a big proponent of listed investment companies. Oh, uh, don't get Bryce started. Oh Seriously, God. we're going
0: to need another hour for this. Yeah.
4: So, but, but I mean, to be fair, when he was dead. in his prime, hmm. that would have been the right answer. Yeah, and I, I almost think, the only option because it yeah. was the only way of getting a diversified fund in the listed market in Australia.
0: Yeah, it would have been like your choices were, what, like a fifty, hundred thousand dollars 100000 minimum to go into an unlisted fund yeah. or a,
2: a... managed fund,
4: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, or you get that managed fund as a listed investment. Yeah, and you
4: had to yeah. fill out a form on the back of the thing and mail a cheque. Yeah. Um, it wasn't easy. Yeah. And, you know, if you didn't have that 50000 100000 you generally paid an upfront load. So it was expensive, it was inconvenient, and... There was a handful of businesses like White Whitefield. Whitefield and um Affic, um, Argo, which were the only games in town. And they were generally relatively cheap. And
2: so twenty years ago, it was the answer. And I mean, like when you look at it, face value, sure, diversified, sure, it's liquid, sure. But I think there's just other ways to skin a cat now. Yeah,
4: and and the, my major. My, sorry, oh, my, no, my, wait, wait, my oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> He's been t- <laughs>
3: my my thing with it though is like, um, at the end of the day, the return you get on investing into a listed investment company, other than probably dividends, the actual stock price return is down to the f- fundamental supply and demand of that stock on the ASX. You could have the best performing fund manager it's a marketing game for me. Hmm. You look at what um Jeff Wilson
2: does. King, oh, king yes. of listed in, King
3: of listed investment companies because he goes out there. What's his
2: name? Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson Wilson Asset, Asset Management. Management. Oh, okay. Yeah. Goes yes, out yes. there and
3: markets his funds like crazy and they perform incredibly well. And none you could of have them, the best
0: none of them trade at discounts. They're all premium yeah. and everyone
3: pours into them. Hmm. You could have the best fund managers out there who have a stock that is dead. Because no one knows about them and no one's trading it, hmm. and so like that—that's my issue with it, and that's why they're dead now. I mean, ETFs are like,
0: like uh, yeah, you don't an, if you're an investing. A, an active ETF is just a better structure, yeah, just because you get net the it tracks net asset value, and like it's more admin Ish. and more headache for the um, active ETF issuer or the ETF issuer, um, and you know there's benefits of a LIC, which is that you don't see redemptions when the market falls so you can deploy capital and stuff like that. But like, yeah, to Bryce's point, you don't want to...
2: I mean, re- I see his point. Like with the licks, he's got his tax-efficient dividends. It's consistent. It's growing. He doesn't heaps care of volatility. I read a thing that he has like just in CBA and he's quieted down about CBA. Sorry,
0: but when you say hey, you mean this Thornhill thaw-
2: guy? Yeah, like... I read something online where he had like 400 grand a year in CBA dividends. <laughs> but I actually, just from reading online, I, I would yeah, like to get him on the podcast. Um, I don't know if he changed his strategy and have, has recently gone more into LICs because I heard him on Gemma Dale's podcast. Um, have you listened to that episode? Take a listen. Mm. I had her on the show a couple of weeks ago and we talked about him and um, yeah, he didn't mention CBA. What's and his argument? So, his argument is I'm all about uh, dividend income more than growth, like full stop. And I mean, get-
0: I pay that. Like, if you're getting 400 grand a year from CBA, like, who am I to tell you what to do? You, you're yeah. doing fine. Yeah. But,
4: but I think the problem with that podcast or that sort of message on the podcast is that the people who are listening to it are not 70 year old retirees who don't need the money. Mm. They are. Like this audience, there are accumulators, they're yep. 20, 30, 40 something, and they're trying to build wealth. And the rules of building wealth is different to the rules of spending it as a retiree. And so,
5: yeah, well, you you can, got- so
4: you can't apply the rules that work there to... He should just go yield maximizer
3: ETF anyway. Well, I mean, let's
0: let's take a step back. What do you guys think about the just um, investing for dividends strategy? Because, like, we see it sometimes in our like uh, community and it's not something that I ever really think about. But, like, some people love it. I think
2: you're going to end up predominantly in Australia.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, if you're getting 5% yield and maybe a couple of percent of capital growth and you're taking that 5% yield and reinvesting it, like... Sure. Like, well, this is the whole a, thing, like
2: when you see everyone, you know, has a spit when they see a price chart, like, Oh, this equity's done nothing last ten years. Let's do an accumulation chart yep. and see what it's done with yep. dividend, dividend returns. Yeah. Like that's the whole thing. That's the thing. only graph that's worth looking at. Exactly, because that's the oh, real sure return. A trader. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the the biggest risk for investors there is you get your dividend not paid into your brokerage account in like a separate quarantined environment but you get your dividend paid into your bank account and mm. then you're just slapping the card down. You're going to the TAB do with you- <laughs> Vince and you're putting it on race three. Do <laughs> <laughs> you guys
2: um, do DRP or not? You can't with Superhero. Yeah. Which is mm.
0: the challenge. Yeah. But, but it goes I straight You could, account. would
2: you?
3: Yes.
0: Probably, yeah. For my core, definitely because I just want to keep going into the same things. Um, for my satellite... Which is not with superheroes. So my clients are like different brokers. Um, I just get the cash paid in, and then it's like, what's the best idea or the best stock that I have? Um, but I will never take my dividends and spend them. Mm. Just be, just as like a disciplining rule. Yeah, yeah, well, it's
2: just part of the portfolio. I reckon. It's exactly. the Spawn yeah.
0: of the devil. DRP. DRP. Please explain.
2: Yeah, I'm on Vince's couch with in this Campins. one. I don't okay. do. I don't. I mean, DRP. two reasons.
4: Again, at the risk of sounding like Peter Thornhill, um, twenty years ago it made a huge amount of sense because you got these whopping great discounts, mm.
5: and you so didn't have you, to pay brokerage. So, if
4: you sign up for the CBA DRP in the seventies or eighties, you're getting a five percent discount and no brokerage. In the days when brokerage was one percent, remember, right? So, it made a huge difference. Um, creates a shed load of paperwork, like not quite so bad now with the fifty percent CGT discount, but in the days when you had to index each parcel to work out your cost base, big problem. And secondly, it's, if I said to you, would you agree to buy CBA shares in 18 months' time without knowing what the price is going to be? Would you sign up for that deal?
3: I mean, that's what we do with core DCA.
4: Well, no, it's not quite the same thing as core DCA, because you can change your mind. Unwinding a DIP is a little bit harder. You've got to get your timing right. Um, and then secondly it creates a shed load of paperwork and B generally makes your rebalancing harder.
0: Spawn of the Devil might have been a little hyperbole. No. <laughs>
2: Hashtag clickbaity.
4: <laughs> I mean,
0: at this way there's
2: about three people listening.
0: <laughs> I hope one of them's this Peter Thornhill guy. Hey, Petey.
2: Love your work. It's Mr. Thornton well, to you. Yeah. <laughs> we might finish up with this last question and then we'll get Vince to answer this. And oh, my goodness. we will maybe go around the circle for some final thoughts. Uh, Chris asks, loving the podcast. It's more of a statement. <laughs> if an ETF successfully tracks a market, will the price go up and down when the market with the market, regardless of investors? Generally. Yep. For example if the ASX went up by 20% but a lot of the unit holders sold VAS, would the ETF still go up with the market and would it be affected by the sell-off? Well, mechanically how this works
4: is if there are more sellers than buyers, the market maker, so let's assume so. there's more sellers than buyers, therefore there's downward pressure on the price. So the price of VAS should fall and if it falls enough away from the, value of the underlying assets there can be transactions where uh, units are exchanged for the physical so if i can rock up with so if i can rock up with a vast unit and say give me the underlying basket of shares which i can do as a professional investor then the unit will be destroyed and that should mop that up so it will trade back towards net asset value. There'll always be a slight spread, but in the case of VAS, it's a few basis points or a few 0.01s of a percentage. And it's based on those sort of trades. Mm. But it does rely on the underlying assets being liquid. So it works pretty well for the ASX 200 whilst the market is open. Wouldn't have worked particularly well on September 19th, 2008, when um, you the ability to hedge those trades sort of disappeared. But in a normal orderly market, it will do. So, if you're buying between 11 and 3 um, on a normal trading day, you're probably reasonably safe.
2: And what about all this chatter that you see where some of the zealots who are anti-index funds say, it's all going to implode on itself like a black hole? Well, you clearly do need active investors to perform
4: price discovery. So one of the benefits of having a liquid market is we have price discovery. So there's enough people buying and selling to form a view on what the actual value of a share of BHP is. Um, And not everyone in the market is playing the same game. So if I'm I'm an equities fund manager, I have to buy because that's what my investors are telling me to buy. So I have to hold
2: equities. Well, I have to do as per
4: the PDS. Yeah. I have to do what I'm be told to do. Mm. And so regardless of what my view on the value of stocks is I just have to buy them. Um, on the other hand, there are people who are you know, investment banks who are underwriting a, a float. They're gonna to have to sell it to hedge their position. And so their behavior will be different to everyone else. And the combination of all those lift decisions for different motivations forms the value of the price. So in theory if, yeah, you know, 98% of investors were investing passively or according to the index, you're going to have a
2: market breakdown. But that's obviously going to create opportunities. I, I and just, we are
4: a long way from yeah, that. Yeah, are at can't like 30%. see because,
2: like, you look at all the super funds, default portfolios, they're all actively managed. Ish. Ish. Well, yeah. But, I mean, there is just, yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, that. if
4: you look at Australian super's active portion, as in, Go through their portfolio holdings disclosure and work out how different it is to index. It's not actually that different.
2: Yeah, right. But they're – And that's why you pay – For commercial reasons and future sponsorship opportunities, (laughs) I will say let's –
4: I I, wasn't necessarily singling out Australian super for that. It's just one that we've happened to have looked at Mm. recently and I'm sure you would find the same across almost
2: all. Yeah, but they – you know, Most uh, super funds that might be of the – Persuasion of having a, a good portfolio may do some fun stuff with unlisted assets to get there. Sure. Right, yeah. yes. But with this Your Super, Your Future, whatever it's
4: called, what's the... Your Future. Your, your Future, Your Super. Your Future, super, yeah. That whole benchmark test where your performance is being measured against a benchmark, which is the ASX 300 for your Aussie equity. So if you allocate 20% to Australian equities... 20% of your benchmark is the ASX 300. So if you're buying something different to the ASX 300, you're creating a business risk for yourself. So there's a whole bunch of challenges in there.
2: Mm. Uh, if you are still listening, I'm going to take your question and send it over to the team at Retire Right to answer it. Uh, you, you asked, how would one calculate the value of a part H pension versus turning superannuation into pension mode? Is there a tipping point rule of thumb calculator? At the end of the day, when it comes to Centrelink and assessing part pension, it really doesn't matter if it is in pension mode or not uh, for their deemed assets, especially if the younger spouse holds significant superannuation, uh, there can be some carve-outs there, so you need to get advice. Uh, And that's also strategy. If you've got someone younger, you might pump their super Mm -hmm. um, because... Your spouse's super isn't considered for your age pension, Uh, but if you own a house together, you're going to be a homeowner. Uh, Paying zero tax on earnings in pension phase versus older partner receiving a part-age pension, Uh, blah, blah, blah. Also, Nath, can you edit her name out because she said a non at the bottom? (laughs) Uh, But we will
4: answer answer that on a retirement. But an age pension is worth close to a million dollars if you had to buy it.
0: Yes. Wow. Yeah. I'm just getting massive PTSD from when we did all of our uh, courses for the license and, you know, like basic deposit products, managed funds, like all of that stuff. It's all, you know, it's about the investment and the asset class and understanding like the risks and the benefits and how it makes sense in a portfolio. And then you get to retirement and superannuation products and it is just all regulation and, and government policy and all of that stuff. And it's barely about retirement at all. It's just about navigating government bureaucracy yeah. and maximizing your outcomes. Well, and,
2: But the problem is there are so many legacy layers mm. that you have to navigate. And like there are legitimate ways you can hide money from the government with age pension. So there are different types of annuities mm. that only take maybe 60 to 80% of the value. So, And this is why we did the Retire Right podcast because we're getting more questions like this for over 55s that we need to start to plan for. Uh, And there was another question in there around defined benefits and we won't get into it now. But uh, all I would say with the defined benefit, um, this is an inside joke with Vince, uh, that we know a story in the papers, maybe don't get an advisor to withdraw it and invest it in a super super fund. (laughs) Remember that? (laughs) Um,
0: it's certainly an inside joke. <laughs>
2: put it this way, uh, this individual may have been uh, at the Royal Commission. Um, <laughs> generally, with defined benefits, they are worth more as a long-term annuity. However, um, when I was practicing, there was always the the age-old joke, hey, if you're in hospital and you're about to die, we might bring in a withdrawal form and cash out <laughs> um, while you're still able to sign it That's for true. your estate. So, look, there are... Yeah, lots of things that we'll cover. There are. And yeah. in many ways,
4: it's getting simpler. The rules are getting simpler but changing more frequently. Yeah. And people's parts of money is getting bigger mm. because we're now getting to the point where, you know, the first people in – with lifetime of super and now starting to get closer. 92 was the beginning of compulsory super – and so, if you were 30 in 92, well, guess what? You were about to retire now. Yeah, I uh, often think about that when we're at retirement
3: age, the super funds are just going to be massive. <laughs> well, like, yeah, like they so yeah. big. They're going to.
2: Oh, okay, so, like, on there's that. There's
3: going to be new asset classes. Do you need created to go? For
2: them to uh, I have in. a 430. <laughs> All right, you go, Vince. I'll finish up with these boys. <laughs> okay. Nice to right, you, Vince. Call. See you, Vince. Yeah. See you, Vince. <laughs> um, but just on, like, I was toying with Vince when we were getting a coffee. I'm like, oh. I'm so tempted to get like a white label investment product and all that that's decent for the community. But I was like, nah, I'm in the podcast business, not in the investment business. Mm. Like, It's, it's tempting. Because it is tempting from yeah. a business point of view mm. to go after super farm and do a really cool thing like that. But it's like, oh, if Spaceship can't make money and they've got a billion dollars of farm, like – that's a hard game. Yeah. 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 And you just don't want the blowback if something goes wrong that's out of your control but your name's on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just want to sell ads over here, people. Like- and- <laughs>
0: Uh, I mean, like for for us, like we PHP ads, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> <I> mean, we <laughs> pretty we just much. we just don't hold ourselves out as experts. Like we hold ourselves out as two idiots trying to figure oh, it out. I thought and you so, were. <laughs> <laughs> and so for us, it would be like you know, it it would be a hard pivot to be like, all right, now trust us with your money.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and there are other people in our space that would you know are great investors and would make more sense, but
2: mm. yeah, I yeah, know. I think it's just sticking to what your Good at And just keep on we're Being think,
0: good we're, at it We're thinking of Taking on the Motley Fool And seeing if we can make Spammier ads than them <laughs> Really I don't So I don't No we're, no, we're not oh, I don't know. So they're
2: They come out of America Did they I don't know too much about them
0: Yeah yeah Came out of America yeah. Apparently, if you pay, actually, not apparently, I've seen behind the paywall before. It's good. Like, it's a good investment service, good information, an argument about whether it incentivizes the right long term decision making. It's always, it's, it's, it's never, active. you never double down on the same idea. Every, there's an incentive to give a new idea every time. I don't think that's but great. This is the, but, uh, the, the ads. The ads are the worst really? thing in. You, surely you've seen it. Like this is clickbait. The no. next afterpay. This is the next afterpay. Oh yeah. Three yeah, yeah. like,
3: you know, ASX stocks going to double
2: in the next two days.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop everything and buy this right now, says Motley Fool's chief investor. But this officer. is the thing
2: like with my handful of you know three or four ETFs that I just pump right. I don't need to go looking for the potential alpha or whatever it is like. Potential three to five percent above what I'm getting because by going that hardcore active approach there's a risk in itself so I don't need to expose myself to any other risks Definitely. and i'm I'm the, happy with market returns the average is enough yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and uh, because for me it, it leads to greed and yeah it's wild
0: oh, and I don't begrudge people that want the extra three to five percent I want the extra three to five percent and you know we do investing content and we speak to experts and so we get great ideas like just bubble up and so that's great but Mm. I think for most people in most situations it's a lot of work to get an extra basis point or two
2: yeah and for me I've resolved I'm just parking spare cash for the long term I'll get the market I'll get above cash rate and inflation long term I'll use my business to get 30% year on year yeah Like less risk, less hassle, more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, All right. Do you guys have any final thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) On what? I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, Brisbane will win the flag. (laughs) <laughs> What's the... Is that like NRL AFL? AFL. or AFL? AFL. When's the no. grand final? This might go up before oh, after. Okay, it would have after. been after.
3: Yeah, This is on the 3rd yeah. of, of
2: October. 3rd of October.
3: Brisbane wow. will
0: have won the final I believe that Collingwood-Brisbane grand final. It is <laughs> yeah. crazy. How good, how good
3: was that? How good can't was that? I
0: can't believe Nick Dacos made it back for it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, look, final thoughts. I think Echo's... By the book. <laughs> yeah, by, by the book. I think it's come out a lot in this discussion and it's good you speak about it a lot, is that... Um, the the concept of enough, which we've spoken about, like mm. getting that market return. Like I think what for me, it, when you fully comprehend what it means, the stress that it takes away from your investing and the emotional kind of like pull of I must choose, I must find companies that no one's heard about and mm. and and whatnot. Like that kind of just disappears and you're just so happy, just pumping. Mm pumping.
0: Two thoughts. Mm -hmm. First of all, the fact that you're listening to this means you're already ahead of most people.
2: And your head's broken because we're two hours (laughs) in.
0: (laughs) And get a hobby. (laughs) Um, But like, it's so easy to feel like you're falling behind. But that feeling doesn't go away. Like, well, I mean, maybe it does when we actually buy a house and we get to your position, Glenn. But like, I still feel it all the time that like, I'm falling behind and stuff like that. Um, But just be confident that like the fact that you're actually engaging with this stuff is so important. Mm. Um, the second thing is, I think th- a problem with a lot of personal finance content, it focuses so much on the how can I save more, mm. and like if the the name of the game is increasing your cash flow and getting more to invest. There's so much uh, spoken about in terms of saving money, but there's only so many coffees you can't buy and so many lunches you can make at home. And I think um, the stuff that you're doing with the m- My Millennial Career and when it's talking about Earning more is such an important conversation that isn't front and center as much as it should be, mm. and also the whole conversation around side hustles and stuff very get quickly gets caught up in like TikTok and Instagram hustle, hustle culture, culture, bro. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: I'm a boss babe. Yeah,
0: exactly, <laughs> and it just sucks a lot of that content. No offense to people that make it, and, I'm a bus babe, but um, <laughs> like, there's a real argument, you know, like our podcast started as just something that we were doing and we didn't have any grand ambitions but it was just, you know, it was something we enjoyed and we were learning and then we eventually started making some money from it. But for years we did it while we were working our full-time job mm. and that's the luxury of a lot of these side hustles these days is that you can literally do it on the side, like you can do it a couple of hours a week. So I think try and think about how you can earn more, uh, maximize your career earnings and then, you know, Bryce is going to start a drop shipping business um, Are you so- really?
3: Well, it's part of the $100 challenge that we do on one of our shows, which ah. is the idea of how can you earn an extra 100 bucks a month.
2: It wouldn't be hard. What would you do? Um, just do... A corporate the, webinar a month. <laughs>
5: no, <laughs> PHP, PHP, basically. Yeah, the, I mean,
3: sorry, I, I think it's more like outside of the existing ecosystem that is, uh-huh. is equity mates. So like, if you're at home, the the original con the concept is investing a hundred bucks a month for forty years is going to get you three hundred and fifty grand. So, how can you find that extra hundred bucks? You can either s- sell things or save, find it in your budget. But my approach is. Let's actually try and build something that is going to generate passive hundred bucks
2: or more. Hopefully, more. You, you would time mean, and time again. You would really like in my career book. I don't know if it's here, Vince. Have you got a copy of my? Oh yeah, I do. You can have this, Shivers. I probably did a real bad job at promoting this because <laughs> I didn't send it to you. Um, I talk in this. I did a whole chapter. About how to make more money.
0: Nice. And yeah, I did a this is great.
2: Whole great. chapter. We we'll use it for each. Yeah. About we'll use it for the um, taking risks. Mm. And I'll just show you. This is also a chunky book. It's like ninety-five thousand words. Yeah, There's a lot
0: in. Yeah, there. you really pumped the work out on <laughs> your books. <laughs> hey,
2: so I I made this thing called my advanced income quadrant. Okay. And the premise was. If you want to make serious money, you need to like start a business or basically if you want to make serious money, you've got to move away from the award-based system which is governed by market forces. So I share the example in there like if you're a landscape gardener, the award might be $35. Sure, you might be able to go, I want $40 an hour. They're like, yeah, sweet. If you walked in and said, I want $150 an hour, they're going to be like, get stuffed. So you have to remove yourself from – market forces Mm. and to do that you need to step into the advanced income quadrant so you've got to manage people or processes you've got to be in sales Sales. you've got to be a specialist or you've got to own a business and this stuff here is what makes your wealth not your investing yeah i think
3: not to go down a rabbit hole but sales is one of those weird ones where a lot of people have a bad idea of what sales is, mm. cold calling, etc. And and you don't no one goes to university to do a sales degree. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah, so it's not dream something
0: of being in sales. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. it's
3: not something you spend time thinking about at university. But holy moly, like if you if you can get in
0: Oh, if a you're a good,
3: good sales yeah, position, yeah. you can make totally bank.
2: Absolutely. And, and
3: it's not just like cold calling. Like, if you're a good people person. I'm just signing this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's something I think more people should think
2: more about. Yeah. But honestly, end of story. Yeah. <laughs> I, I reckon read the chapter that I did on making more money and taking risks. All right. And you'll make so much podcast content out of those chapters. Nice. Okay. Like, it's. What, well, what would you do to go back?
3: Outside of your my millennial mm. Simo ecosystem mm. to make an
2: extra hundred bucks or save. I would cut down on eating out.
5: Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, I like I went to lunch the other day and I've been crapping on about this. <laughs> Rocked up. It was a 34 a $24 burger with a cider fries of $4.50. Like what I just w I didn't even have a drink spent like twenty seven and a half dollars or whatever it's on crazy. lunch. It's so crazy. And the chips weren't even big. I've on this rampage lately. <laughs> I went to um uh Mad Max or no, the Guzman, the other yeah, one. Yeah, where yeah. they have chips. Love the salsa and the stuff. And they they brought it out. Also with a Porto. They brought it out. They're like, Oh yeah, this meal I'm like, oh is this the large chips, is it? like we're cutting down on, back on chips people. It's anyway, <laughs> that's really annoying That's what happens bit. in times of inflation, yeah, so isn't it? Shrinkflation. Shrinkflation. Yeah, so yeah. I could I'd cut down on uh, eating out. Um I would probably just get another job. Okay. Uh, cuz I'm doing um a TAFE course at the moment in maritime oh, right. operations. No way! Oh, yeah. Epic. Yeah. <laughs> what do you? Two what, days a week. What's what? the uh, What's the long term plan with that? I don't know, I'm bored and over life. Boat captain. Yeah. So I I went for a job being like a deckhand on a boat up in Newcastle.
0: Epic. I was like, yeah, I got time
2: because I'm only really working two days a week now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um. So you, t-
0: you should make content about that. My millennial deckhand.
2: <laughs> My millennial dick. <laughs> um, the Kiwi version. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah, I will. like it's a whole thing to unpack but I've got the business to the stage where it's kind of humming along and I just – the start of this year – because you know at the start of every year, every, everyone's like, oh, what do you want to do this year? And uh, My whole thing was I want to do less and I want to do it better. Mm. So we got rid of a heap of shows and this my challenge to probably you guys as well. Like we had My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, like – The amount of effort that we spend on those shows versus the revenue that comes back from them, it's not worth it. Mm. And I always look at return. It's got to have a return of two things, one of two things, financial return or an impact return. The My Millennial Career Podcast doesn't make that much money. It's probably the same size as some of your satellite shows, but I'm happy to subsidize it because of the impact return to Mm. the community. Mm. But like the My Millennial Business one, like now I just do the same amount of work I'm just dropping it on a Saturday as a bonus business episode
0: Mm. on the main channel yeah 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 Yeah. Mm. like Mm. done Mm. main channel yeah which you can revenue
2: revenue straight away yeah yeah
0: Yeah. like so for any budding podcasters out there don't split yourself across multiple podcasts just
2: yeah yeah, and that's what I learned gotta do less and I gotta do it better I gotta go narrower and deeper Mm. Mm. and yeah got rid of those two podcasts I had a financial advice podcast a B2B podcast just for advisors got rid of that. So I really like cleaned everything up, really focused mm. and yeah, I can get away with doing two days a week legitimate. Two days a Love week. That. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. You, should tick- a fortnightly you should pick up email? golf. I'm too impatient. <laughs> yeah, don't do that then. Like, cause you gotta be, I just want to whack it and got stuff <laughs> to do. Um, but what I am going to probably start doing is maybe one, like maybe Mondays cause Tuesdays and Wednesdays are my like, recording days and I'm available for calls and all that. Monday's I'm probably just going to dedicate to doing dedicated video content for reels. Mm, mm. Um mm. not mm. not just putting like the podcast grabs up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah make yeah. dedicated yeah, yeah, yeah. content for the platform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big big up.
5: Mm. Yeah.
2: So what if what are you guys got going on? <laughs> Definitely not working two days a week, that's yeah. for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, no, well, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, as you said, we got a lot of podcasts in the network now, so just Keeping them ticking along, keeping them humming. Um,
2: Do you reckon they wipe their faces?
0: I think in uh, – yeah, they're, like some are bigger than others. Yeah. Most of them are sort of break-even. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, like it's eighty twenty rule. Like ex yeah, Equimates totally. and Get Started Investing are still the biggest shows. Mm. Um, but I also think, you know, to your point around uh, like impact and stuff like that, some of our shows are not so much impact, but it's more just like – Completeness, you know, mm. like there's so much in this world of investing, and we can't be everything to everyone. So, mm. to try and like, you know, the crypto show, like Bryce and I aren't going to be talking about crypto heaps. And mm. you know, it's a good show; it's interesting. We learn a lot. So, you know, uh, like Have you that's a enough property yeah. show yet? No, I mean you heard our the extent yeah, of true. our property knowledge. Yeah, yeah. maybe don't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, I think like <laughs> Victoria Divine has a property show. Yeah. Owen Rask has a property show. Like, um. I don't know. What can we add to that conversation? I think to your point, yeah. yeah. I don't. Know. Jeez, we spoke for so long, we broke it. I <laughs> know. Oh, it, it clicked
2: over to another another um file. No, we We've oh, capped out probably little foggy file.
0: <laughs> Welcome back to another episode. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, on today's show. Know. Anyway, we just heard a beep in our ear, everyone.
3: So there's well, plenty of things that we could do, but to your point, it's like. Now now we're now we having done the other satellite shows, we know what we shouldn't do, which is just start things that you can't either get a return from straight away. Totally. Or is gonna lead to some new audience that is we haven't spoken to before. Mm. And,
0: mm. and I really want to do a sports show. Mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would like to do enough. but I don't know, it's just so hard to build podcasts now. It is yeah, it is I couldn't crowded. have done what I've done yeah. again. Yeah, yeah.
3: We we think about that as well. We, but both all of us in the, who are sort of a mm. just
2: right time, right place. Yeah, and that's why and, it's very you, you can't take it for granted. Yeah, mm. and that's yeah. why I always try and be as honest as I can with my community. And like you, I'm not your guru. I'm just here facilitating a chat. Mm. Yeah, the conduit. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But so. yeah, I don't know. Like there's there's so much that's bad, or well, not bad, but just so much that's done poorly in the financial space. Like we're looking at like um. Uh, investor relations and the small the world of like small caps at the yeah. moment just because you know it's like uh, all of the media all of the analyst attention looks at like the ASX fifty and every other company's kind of forgotten um, yeah
2: that's where the money is
0: yeah of course but
2: um, and the interest
0: well yeah but I reckon there's a lot of really interesting stories and like some really great Australian. St- business stories or entrepreneurs or a lot of stuff coming out of Australian unis at the moment is really interesting mm-hmm. that just isn't really spoken about. So, you know, like, we kind of just always follow where our interest is and, like, yeah. that's something that's kind of interesting us at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Just heaps of content. Way too much content. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're not good at scaling back. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. I just got to the point where I was like, what are you doing here? Like, I run my team... As a team, we try and run on like eighty percent all the time. There are times where it.
0: You you, know. Are you guys still doing four day work oh, yeah. week? Is that yeah. that's public, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. spoken about that? Yeah
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. Keeping that. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Are
0: so, you gonna? If you're two day work week, are you gonna give your team? Nah.
2: Two- <laughs> well, like we got. Like, there's always plenty of work to do. Um, I'm just trying to. My next thing now is succession.
3: Like, yeah, yeah. What if yeah. I?
2: lost I've my noticed, voice and couldn't talk again mm. Mm. is that why you try yeah I've seen you kind of getting a few different voices on yeah, the show yeah so Jess out. Brady's come Jess, on yeah. doing a bit of a trial Sarah from One Up Project mm. in New Zealand she's doing just listener interviews just like tell us your story yeah um, so it is one of the strategies is you know I don't need more episodes to do mm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah but I also need to bring other voices in mm. and other people um I, I was doing a series called Focus Fridays. I think we're almost at the end of that where I would literally get people to give me all their information and almost like it was the first meeting in a financial advice office. Oh, And, yeah. and then the cool thing was we'd record them and then three months later, we get them to send in a voice clip of what they've changed since the call oh, nice. and we insert that at the end of it. So it That's makes a good. really good listening. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably in the new year do more Focus Fridays myself and just the main Tuesday show and then maybe the small business stuff on Saturday because I love doing small business stuff. Mm. Mm. Um, and, and this is so deep in the podcast, but there might be a, a branding change next year. Okay. Um,
0: yeah, the it, like the millennial side of it. Like how do you hit Gen Z and
2: all of that? I'm just saying there might be some changes next year. We're not going anywhere, but, you know. We can talk when we press stop. <laughs> nice. Not everything. I'm, I'm Not honest yet. and transparent, but you know, you can't kiss Don't and want tell. To blow the lid. <laughs> can't kiss and tell. But yeah, so I, I just want to kind of, yeah, move into that. I want to do what I love, which, mm. you know, I love doing the podcast, mm. but there is like Sarah, I texted her the other day uh, and I said to her like, you're the best decision I've made for my podcast in five years, getting her to host the show, like the listener shows, because she's so good at interviewing. Nice. And, yeah, and so we're just trying to experiment. But there's that dance of you can't um, overwhelm the audience with hosts. Mm. So it's got to be small and tight. And, but if it's consistent. Yeah, if it, like it's just not like overnight he's five different people. Yeah, we've got to yeah. warm people up, different people. And yeah, yeah. I'm actually creating a focus group for the podcast. So just of listeners.
0: Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
2: yeah, so diverse range. Probably only six or seven people might meet once every two months so I can say hey here's what I'm doing what do you think about this just as a core listener sounding board Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah that's kind of what I want to do yeah nice respect
0: it's an interesting space I mean yeah totally you build an audience and then there's opportunities so I'm sure things will come along maybe more BHP ads maybe more Uh, BHP ads and (laughs) like I do
2: want to focus on that retireite podcast as well because Mm. mm. there isn't actually a a mainstream retirement podcast Mm. In Australia, I reckon I can make it. Yeah. So yeah, just um, yeah, going to turn that up again, and yeah, have a bit of fun along yeah, the way. Yeah. Then, then drive boats. and drive boats. too yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I will be qualified to drive a boat up to twelve meters commercially. Wow. Epic. Um, yeah, I went and got my first Christmas date. party. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say party boat. <laughs> Surely. <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> yeah, you guys come up to Newey. I'll take you on take a boat. It Actually, do you know what I want to do? I'm a nerd. I want to drive the boat or drive the boat down here and put it in at Botany Bay yeah. and sit at the end of the airport runway under the plane What's taking favorite? off and landing. <laughs> oh, nice. wow. that would That'd be, be cool. so close yeah, and yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Just Jesus. anchor up there. I wonder if you new. can do that. Well I've got to look at the charts, see if it's restricted or not, but mm. so I'll try anything mm. twice. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Nice. All right. uh, Buy the book. Link's in the promo. I'll probably get 80 cents for every click and purchase. So thanks, guys. Don't stress. (laughs) Just invest. Equity mates.
1: Okay, bye. Thanks, boys. Bye-bye. Thanks, Glenn.